Hello and welcome to the Steel Cage Unfunny Nerd Tangent episode 7. My name is Greg from Brisbane, Australia, and we are here once more to ponder and discuss the so far three Marvel Netflix shows being Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. With me today, uh, firstly, in Phoenix, Arizona, he is the dad without fear, Tim Agni. Hello. Alongside Tim, as his fellow hero for hire, I'm not sure about Frank Castle, but he knows all about White Castle. It's the Super Jew, Jared Rabinovitz. <laughs> I've actually never had White Castle. This was a conversation I had with my mom and some friends a couple of weeks ago. I've never been to a White Castle. I've never been either, and I'm from New Jersey, and they have them everywhere, so it's okay. There you go. That voice you hear uh, from California, she's busy making the purple man her bitch with her iron fist, saying hi to the Queen of Unicorns, Kristen. Hi. It's <laughs> good. And uh, last but not least, furthering the cause to make Hollywood's next expanded universe incorporate both Ziggy Stardust and Frankenfurter. Sweet Christmas. It's a warm welcome to Captain Jack Heartless. You finally landed me on the show. <laughs> we finally have nearly everyone, I think. Uh, I think we're only missing Brian. <laughs> So, uh, and oh, before I, we get started, of course, I'd love to take the king the kingpin mantle of this group, but let's face it, I'm pretty much foggy. So, <laughs> it's just the uncanny resemblance, Green. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, it's just the, it's the hair, hair and, the over, and the overweightness and just the general no, the sidekick guy. <laughs> does, that, does that mean that Grieg was on the Mighty Ducks? Yes. Oh, no, that goes without saying. Yes. <laughs> He's also in, um, isn't he in Idle Hands with Devin Sawa? That he is. He was the best <laughs> friend in that nice poll. I think he's in Butterfly Effect, too. Yeah. He's the guy that goes crazy, yeah. yeah. No, that was cool. the guy from Mallrats in Butterfly Effect. I, don't, I think you're wrong. No, Ethan Suppley was yeah. in Mallrats. Ah. Yeah. No, Ethan Suppley was the guy in Butterfly Effect. He's, oh, the, okay. he's the roommate. There's a no Ashton Kutcher rule at, uh, yeah. at Heartless Manor, so I wouldn't know for sure. <laughs> anyway, we're starting to do our usual nerd tangent inside a nerd tangent, so we better just uh, get on with it. <laughs> so, Death spiral. Yeah. Tim, I believe you have come up with a game for us this time. I have, and I'll have some more Kevin Smith references in here for you guys, too. Nice. Uh, so um, this is uh, going to be a pretty straightforward game. Um in the spirit of Daryl, who is not joining us, uh, I'm just going to have four categories. Didn't do a lightning round this time. Uh, Jack, since you're new to the podcast, I will let you pick first. The categories are The Devil of Other New York Neighborhoods, I Know That Guy, which is just movie trivia about actors, Sweet Catchphrase, and The Mystery Category. Mm. Are we stealing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with I Know That Guy. All right, and... and um, yeah, I, I didn't have all the good uh, foggy Mighty duck stuff in here, so uh, <laughs> now I feel bad. So, um, yeah, stealing is going to be allowed in some categories, but not all categories. So, uh, Jack, you get the first crack at all these, then anybody who wants to steal, just shout your name. All right? All right. Question number one. Rosario Dawson is pure joy in everything she does, even when it's clerks too. If you are not in love with her, we can't be friends. She's also no stranger to comic book adaptations. Name one of her comic book movies outside the MCU. 
Sin City. Very good. Can anybody name the other one? Sin City 2? <laughs> you know what? Cruise Control? Um, hmm. uh, I'll have a crack. Go ahead, Greg. It's not, it's not, I don't know if it's a comic, but is it not Josie and the Pussycats? No, that's just a cartoon. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, she was in Men in Black 2. Oh, sorry. Oh, of course she is. Uh, that wasn't what I was going for, but it's technically a um, uh, Malibu comic, which is now owned by Marvel, and uh, she's also Batgirl in the Lego Batman movie, and did a voice for the Wonder Woman animated movie. So she's uh, she's all over the place. But anyway, point Jack number two. He is an abusive, super-powered sociopath in Jessica Jones, but real nerds can't stay mad at David Tennant. Tenant is a name Whovians will always associate with this beloved incarnation of the Doctor on Doctor Who. Which number was he? Well, that depends, and I'm going to get super nerdy here. Don't do it. Just just answer the question. All right. <laughs> Mainstream would say he's 10, but, uh, you know, the, the Whovians would, would argue whether the War Doctor factors in there or not. The War Doctor is not a numbered doctor. Okay, well, I'm going to go with 10, but I disagree with that. It's not a numbered doctor. <laughs> All right. It's canon. <laughs> well, either either way, uh, we'll, we'll give you the points. Uh, <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> because you, you know more about Doctor Who than I do, and I, I can't uh, go down that rabbit hole. Uh, He's num- right. Number Both three. things he said. <laughs> Before she was Karen Page on Daredevil, actress Deborah Ann Wool cut her teeth on which HBO series? Oh. for the steel if it's needed. Oh, hang on, hang <laughs> I know on. it too. Um, oh, wasn't she on Six Feet Under? Nope. No. But she looks like Laura, Lauren Ambrose. Damn. You're right, but... Jared. Chris. <laughs> she on Girls? No, not Girls. Oh. Kristen, Kristen, Kristen. Oh. Kristen. She's on True Blood. True Blood. She was oh. Jessica on True Blood. Mother of fuck. She is a baby it's vampire on Baby True vamp Blood. Jessica. I like the uh, cut her teeth on that as well, Tim. Yeah, yeah, I was getting cheeky. <laughs> that's on his yeah. sheet. I, I don't see. I can't see his sheet, but I guarantee you that joke is on his sheet. Oh, it's all. Yeah, it's all in writing here. Um, <laughs> Points. <laughs> all right, number four. Kristen Ritter has had small roles in everything from Veronica Mars to Gilmore Girls, but she was the star of the short-lived 2012 sitcom, which I trust you guys all watched. Yep. Don't yes. trust the bee in apartment twenty-three. That's right. <laughs> I, I loved that show. Actually. I did too. It was really funny. James Vanderbeek was incredible. James Vanderbeek, man, <laughs> playing himself. Oh God, he was amazing. It was everything to me. All right, and number five, Jack. Daredevil's Charlie Cox starred alongside Claire Danes in this criminally overlooked adaptation of a Neil Gaiman fantasy story, which shares a name with a second-generation WWE wrestler. Oh, that's Stardust. Stardust. Mm. If you guys haven't seen Stardust. Get it because the WWE thing? No, I got it because Neil motherfucking Gaiman. Yeah, okay, my favorite author. You asked him all of my questions, so now I'm annoyed with you. Well, he got the first first choice. I will give you the second pick, Kristen. The remaining categories are The Devil of Other New York Neighborhoods, Sweet Catchphrase, and The Mystery Category. Mmm... Can I just point out here that I will probably have zero answers for the New York one? I'm so sorry, Greg. <laughs> I know, and I should do it because I'm from the area, but I don't want to embarrass myself by not knowing the answer. <laughs> um, 
Especially because I think it's going to be about comic book characters from other New York neighborhoods, and I but don't know the answers it's to those. Only, um, it's only about Daredevil, and it's only, only about, about yeah. Oh, I don't know anything about it. I, I've actually, I haven't, I have my first Daredevil comic, and I haven't read it yet. So, um, okay, let's do the mystery category. All right, the mystery category is Forgotten TV of the Marvel Universe. There's no stealing in this category because these are kind of a true or false question. Um, Marvel is all the rage on Netflix now, but not all of its shows have been mega hits. I'm going to read you a description of a, the name and description of a show, and you got to tell me if it's real or not. Oh, God, okay. All right. Number one, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man fights crime in New York with the help of his college roommates, Iceman and Firestar. Um, that is, that is a show. That is real. An animated series from the early 80s. Jesus. All right, number two is Generation X. Based on the 90s X-Men spinoff, a class of young mutants, including Jubilee and a guy with stretchy skin, harness their powers to defeat the guy from Max Headroom. From Max Headroom? (laughs) Uh, The the actor, not actually Max Headroom. Okay. (laughs) Um... I, I, I want to say that's also a show. That yeah, it's. Um, I'm not sure if it was a pilot or if it was just a made-for-TV yeah. movie, but it aired on Fox in '96, and I loved I was that live then, and I feel like I remember that. It was meant to be a show, yeah, and they never picked it up, from what I understand. Yeah. Too bad, Max Headroom, though. Yeah, that right. guy's in uh, Watchmen as well. He was, he's in one of the, well, he makes a cameo as Max Headroom in uh, one of the Black Mirror episodes from season three. Mm. I popped for it because I was alive then. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number three, Electra Chronicles. Spike TV couldn't afford Jennifer Garner in 2006, so they went with then-unknown Gemma Arterton. The series lasted only six episodes and, due to legal issues with Disney, never got a DVD release. Harder ten, eh? I like her. I do too. Um, she should have been Wonder Woman, personally. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. She's too busy doing other stuff. Mm. Hey, the the trailers look great for Wonder Woman. Oh, um, it does. It's. A, I have nothing against Gal Gadot, but uh, yeah. She's a bird. before before the casting. That was my pick. I'm not against that. Um, I I was. I think that was a show. That was fake. I made that one up. Oh, that was a good thing. That's a show Tim wants to happen. <laughs> no, no, I, don't want to, I, I, I only want six. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't cancel her show after six episodes, but you know she's got to go on to make Prince of Persia at some point. So, hey, that was surprisingly good. That movie. I thought it was all right. It was, not it was as good. funnier than I expected it to be. Not as good as just like the cutscenes from the video games, though. No, nothing as good as those. The original Prince of Persia game is fucking impossible, though. Oh yeah, but it's it's, it's so hard. But Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time is super cinematic. It's like a movie. Oh, Sands of Time is dope. Yeah, no, it's just the original game. I can never swing across lava. It was ugh, the worst. I'm gonna have flashbacks of my youth right now. It's terrible. All right, number four, Howard the Duck Adventures. After Marvel's 1986 box office bomb, the Saturday morning cartoon took a lighter tone with Howard and his friend Beverly traveling through space and helping wacky aliens. I, t- I, th- I think that's real. That is also fake. Damn it! 
I want that. I want that to be a show. <laughs> one day, one day they'll do it. He's going to come back in some form somehow. James Gunn will make it happen. Yeah. All right. And number five is Nightman. Based on the series from Malibu Comics, a jazz musician gains telepathic powers in a cable car accident and fights crime in a flying stealth suit when he's not busy playing a mean sax. Oh, man. Um, I'm just going to guess that that's real. Totally real. Syndicated from 1997 to 1999. What? That sounds horrible. It, I, I know I've seen episodes of it. It's, it's one of those things where you turn on broadcast TV at like 11 p.m. and it just happens to be on. Okay. Did so, you guys uh, ever watch like a Forever Night, the vampire yeah. show that was on like sci-fi? No. But I, I need to interrupt this podcast yeah. with important breaking yeah. news that it concerns all nerds everywhere. And I'm too excited not to share it. No. They have made a new casting announcement for the Han Solo origin movie. Oh, yeah. Khaleesi yeah. herself, Amelia Clark, joined the cast. Oh, did as what? Just a person? They haven't said yet, but I'm guessing she's going to have a pretty significant role. So did you hear that Millie that. Bobby Brown was doing an interview and she said she'd love to play like a child Princess Leia and then it became really obvious the uncanny resemblance that she bears to Carrie Fisher? From Stranger Things, Eleven from Stranger Things. Are we are we sure she's not actually Carrie Fisher's daughter? I mean, Carrie Fisher did a lot of coke. It's possible she had a kid I mean, she forgot about. That's true. I yeah. Carrie, yeah, Carrie I never Fisher, seen her Carrie parents. Carrie Fisher could have lost a kid to a science experiment. Yeah, that, that has you know yeah, this powers. That has Jedi powers. That, that, that would be, be really the best rapper thing. and yeah. actress. <laughs> okay, I'm done with that nerd tangent. <laughs> that's very exciting. <laughs> I like her, and I think she should be in stuff. <laughs> oh. That was that's concise what I just said. Go ahead. All right. I need to flip a coin. Who's, who's going next? Me. All right, Jared. The Devil of Other New York Neighborhoods or Sweet Catchphrase? You know what? You, spare Greg from having to know about America. Yeah. Uh, it's I'll, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll spare the poor guy. It's bad <laughs> enough he has to live in Australia. I, I appreciate your bravery oh. on this one. All right. You notice how nobody calls him Daredevil? In this game, we're going to imagine Matt Murdock moving to different parts of New York City. Please answer every question by saying the devil of blank. You ready? Oh, God. Oh, we, no. can steal the, we can steal these? You can steal. All right. All right. Yes. After, after making bank at Hogarth Chow at Benowitz, Foggy Nelson moves to this trendy Brooklyn neighborhood on the west side of Prospect Park. Matt follows, starts beating up the hipsters, and ultimately takes down John Hodgman. The Devil oh. of Soho? No, I'm sorry. Jack. Jack? The Devil of Williamsburg. No, Kristen? Kristen, uh, Devil of Park Slope? The Devil of Park Slope. Never even heard of fucking Park Slope. Park Slope's it's, all the rage now. Yeah, you're not, you're not enough of a hipster. Right, yeah, it's new. It's new and up and coming. All right, number two. It's forever the most recent... Uh, never mind. <laughs> it's true. I think de Blasio's from there. Mm-hmm. They have um, friends who live in Park Slope. And there's there's this movement online. They're trying to make a movie uh, where dinosaurs eat hipsters called Jurassic Park Slope. And as oh, soon as they can get God, Bill Murray to I do need it. that. Put the link to that in the show notes. <laughs> to the Patreon for that or whatever. All right. I need to film that immediately. Number two. Tired of fearing for her life, Karen Page finds a rent-controlled brownstone on the other side of Central Park. 
Suddenly, everything is exactly like her favorite HBO series, and having Cosmos with her girlfriends takes her mind off her on-again, off-again relationship with Matt. The Devil of Manhattan? No, Manhattan's the whole island. Need to be more specific. Um, I'll try it. The Devil of Central Park? I don't know. No, it's... Just Only enjoy. hobos live in Central Park, Jerry. Yeah, she's, she's not a hobo. Kristen? Um, the Devil of the Upper East Side? You got it. <laughs> Jesus. See? That's what they, it's a good section. This was She did this strategically. She didn't pick the New York ones. No, I don't. So she could steal later, yeah. <laughs> Tim, watch the water. I don't yeah, know anything else. <laughs> All right, number three. Matt's Catholic guilt gets the better of him, and he starts going to confession at St. Patrick's Old Cathedral. He immediately falls in love with a vibrant neighborhood, which has some hot bars and restaurants, now that all the Italians are gone. I'll give you a hint. It's not, it's not Little Italy. The Devil of Brooklyn? I don't know. Anybody want to see uh, Oh, never <laughs> That is Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, hmm. Let me um, guess. I'll, the, the, uh, Greg? I can guess. Okay. Oh, Greg? I don't know. Queens. No. <laughs> oh, um, where's somewhere I've heard of? Is it the Devil of the Bronx? No. Hmm. Bronx is a borough, not a neighborhood. Fine. I know. Of oh, course. Snap. I was looking for the Devil of Nolita. Oh, I've never been there. <laughs> you, you know how you ask Daryl how he gets by with you know being hated for games? This this, this was why I asked that question. <laughs> yes, maybe you should have had a little bit more self awareness and gone. This is not fun. I I feel like I have built little clues into all these questions. The the, the Italian who's, thing. Who's getting those? The one person who's actually from the area. Yeah. Daryl right. loves trivia though, and like unhappiness. So <laughs> you know, it's like together. I'm just kidding. All right, this one's even worse. Matt and Foggy buy the former apartment of Marshall and Lily from How I Met Your Mother, and soon Matt's super senses are overwhelmed by the smell. I guess nobody told him that this fictional up-and-coming enclave's name is a portmanteau for downwind of the sewage treatment plant. Oh, Jack. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry gets to guess. Give it. <laughs> I, I, just give it to Jack. I don't Jack. <laughs> Dawis Atrepla. The devil of Dawis Atrepla. I actually have never heard where they live there. This is, it's a fictional place from, from How I Met Your Mother, yeah. yeah not, not even a real place. You, you were such an asshole with this character, with this category, you actually decided to pull in <laughs> fictional fucking places yeah. to piss people off. That's right. If you were a fan of the show, yeah. you knew right, it. Yeah. All right, listen to the clue, and I think you can guess this one. If Matt Murdock sticks around his rapidly gentrifying neighborhood long enough, he might discover that nobody calls it Hell's Kitchen anymore. Reluctantly, he adopts a moniker that sounds almost presidential. The devil of Tribeca? I, I, I have no idea. Anybody want to steal? Like, is this like a Trump joke? Because I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Almost, it might be. almost presidential. So not a Trump joke. Well... Oh, I get it. Um, oh, God. Yeah, it's uh, the devil of Clinton. This is Clinton. a Clinton joke? <laughs> yeah. Um, the devil of Clinton. I gave it away. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> All right. <coughs> All right, Greg, let's move on to a much easier category. All righty. Here we go. Sweet catchphrase. My man Abom Adam Hess will tell you that Luke Cage's Sweet Christmas is the single best catchphrase in the Marvel Universe. I'm going to read you some other cool <laughs> ones, and you have to tell me which hero says them. Please keep in mind that this includes all of Marvel Comics, not just the cinematic universe. Alrighty. Number one, it's clobbering time. Oh, the thing. There you go. I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> that's, and Sam Punk. That's I think that's Frank yeah. Ca- I think that's Frank Castle's Jared. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. right. He's getting ahead of me. Number two, oh my stars and garters. Oh, uh, beast. The beast. Number three, I'm the best there is at what I do. Uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. Number four, blam, murder you. Oh, it's going to be Deadpool, surely. Not Deadpool. Anybody else? Blam, murdered you. Oh, is that not... Is that, a, is that not Punisher? Not Punisher either. Um, I'll give it a shot. Jack. Deadshot? That's a DC universe. Not, not Deadshot. I'm saying Bullseye. Bullseye, no. Blam, I murdered Blam you. Blam, murdered you. Blam, murdered you. This <laughs> shitty catchphrase. <laughs> that is a rocket raccoon. Oh, oh. typical. <laughs> and number five... You got this one, Greg. Chimichanga. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that is no dead, uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> All right, so our see, final... I was just ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> we have a tie. Ooh. Kristen and Jack are tied with five points apiece. See, we're not even helping each other. No, we're not. All right. They want him to lose. Um, so here's here's your tiebreaker question. Tell me. Come on, um, it can't be about comics. Oh, uh, this is not not about you comics. Don't know what show we're on. It's about a guy. Uh, he plays Luke Cage on the TV show. Uh, Mike Coulter. How tall is he? Um, do, do, are you gonna take a number from each of us, or yeah, I'll take a number from each of you. Whoever's closest wins. Um, he's uh. Six foot three. Six right. foot four. He is six foot three. Wow. Which is so disappointing to me. I would have thought he was taller than that. I me work too. in a bank and I have to estimate people's heights all the time in case they yeah. he looks he looks so much taller on the show. He does because yeah, they have like people five. around him. Yeah. I was actually trying to figure it out based on how tall I know Kristen Ritter is. How <laughs> short he makes her look. Yeah. She's really beautiful, so I know her stats. Jared, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Please don't kick me out of your house. I am sorry. If Jared hadn't had that category, though, that would not have. No, I probably would have stolen it from anybody, to be honest. Yeah, cool. Alrighty. Thanks, Tim, for your hard work. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, we'll start with uh, the Daredevil show. and uh, But just before we get into that, any thoughts on the original... Uh, ben Affleck movie and either how bad or how good it was depending on which version you've seen uh, to, did that to sort quote, of to quote Jay Sherman the critic it stinks yeah. although the director's cut is not too bad it's actually uh, you sound like Tim and his excuses that. for all the DC movies well if you watch the special <laughs> movie director's cut it doesn't suck quite as much 
Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's director's right, but it's... Hey, it's, director's cut, yeah. Ben Affleck mounts a legal defense for Coolio. Yeah. Oh, boy, that changes my whole thoughts yeah. on that movie. You gotta, yeah. They cut Coolio. All right, well, so having, having thought that, then obviously the movie was no good. Actually, when they said they're going to redo it as a show, did did anyone sort of think, oh, no, why would they do that character can, can, again? Can or was this a chance to do it right? Can I say one more thing about the about the Ben Affleck movie, though? That that movie, to me, kind of played out like a like a Daredevil Greatest Hits. Like, they were trying to cram, like, all of the comics into one movie. Yeah. Um, and that's I think that's part of the reason why it wasn't successful. I mean, there's, there's a lot of little things you can nitpick about that movie. But one thing that it did for me uh, was it got me into reading Daredevil comics. Because um, the only thing I had read previously was uh, the run that Kevin Smith did. It was like one of the first uh, superhero comics he ever wrote, um, and it was really good. Uh, but when um, when the Ben Affleck movie came out, Brian Michael Bendis was in the middle of this fantastic run on the comic series. Um, so because of that movie, I got more into Daredevil, and so it kind of has a special place in my heart for that reason. All right. Cool. So we're looking forward to the show then, or was it like most people? I think. If they were fans of the character, but not necessarily the the movie, probably thought like, "Oh, good! If 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 Marvel are doing it now, and it's going to be on Netflix, this could be a chance to to use the character the right way." Um, was anyone else sort of of that opinion? Um, definitely. Um, you don't need to lean into with them. the people that, <laughs> as I was saying, with the people that are in charge of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe giving them more time was probably the best choice and pretty much from the moment they announced that Vincent D'Onofrio was going to play Wilson Fisk I was incredibly invested What about you Jared? Were you looking forward to it in general or just I'll check it out? I was looking forward to the TV show because Marvel's been doing so well with what they've been doing lately I kind of went Oh God! I hope they don't turn this into the last one. And that—that yeah. that was my thought, but it—it it had nothing to do. My interest in this show had nothing to do with the movie. Well, see now as well. I think like the the movies are kind of one tone, and obviously the Netflix shows are sort of very different in tone and much more serious and gritty and that kind of thing. But at the time, like when the Daredevil show came out, it was it was like the most different thing that they had done really as far as the MCU because everything else was, you know, Captain America and Thor and all this. And then now you've just got this sort of dirty, dark show uh, that it does, it does throw references out there obviously to, to remind you that it is happening in the same world of Tony Stark and, and, and everyone else. But uh, it it does seem rather self-contained. So, does the tone of the show is it too different is sort of my question I guess no. so is it too different to be considered part of the MCU or is it is it it all works I think it all it, works because it's so it's removed enough that it doesn't have to fit those elements and also when you've got a full season to go through it, it, it it's it they're able to pull you through it more than if it was trying to do it in a you know, two-hour, three-hour format. So I, th- I think it works because it's it, they're able to get their ups and downs in there, and I I, I thought it worked. Uh, I'll agree with that. And I, when folks have uh, asked that question before, I've always countered with 
that's like saying that the years and years of the street level comics that all of these are characters are from that you know that doesn't work compared to the avenger comics or the thor comics or the iron man comics or the cosmic stuff you know everything takes place on those multiple levels and there's little stuff that ties them all back together you know there's plenty of references to the events of the first avengers and everything in the fallout that that i mean that's pretty much the catalyst for the entire first season of daredevil and that's why fisk tries to step in and pretty much gentrify times a thousand that entire area yeah oh i mean like don't get me wrong i think it i think it absolutely works in a sense that they can have different uh not different genres but you know what i mean like you can have you you dark and gritty and serious type of show as well as guardians of the galaxy for instance like they're in the same they all exist like it is possible that you could have uh, rocket and daredevil in the same show or same movie or whatever because they do exist in the same universe but I just wondered whether it would have been quite jarring if people had only sort of experienced the movies and then gone, all right, it's Marvel Daredevil time. Oh, shit. What is this? You know, this is this is full on. But um, as far as the man himself, we have uh, Charlie Cox playing Matt Murdock and, of course, Daredevil. Uh, Christian, what would your overall opinions of, of Charlie Cox's portrayal be? I well, I was familiar with him previ- uh, prior to this because because I'm a massive Neil Gaiman fan, so I'd see Stardust quite a few times, and um, he's in he's in a few other things like mostly British stuff because he's an he's an Englishman, um, like so many of them are that play American people better yeah. than we play yeah. ourselves, um, <laughs> and um, so I, I'd never seen him do something so heavy, I suppose, um, but I. I think he humanizes the the idea of, of Daredevil because he he's he's got such a lovely open face. <laughs> um, he's great. I think he's I think he's a great choice, and I I know that a lot of people had no idea who he was, which I think I think that's a nice touch that the Marvel um, Netflix shows are doing is casting um, lesser known actors in the primary roles. Well, yeah, um, it usually it usually helps. I mean, because you don't see them as like there's no baggage from other things they've done, for instance. So you just you're more I think you're more open to watching them and going, okay, this is the character as opposed to you know this yeah. is Tom Cruise or this is whoever. I think um, Marvel in general kind of does that with the with the yeah. exception of a uh, of Robert Downey Jr. They've you know pretty much cast people who weren't like extremely. Yeah, well, no. but he's not really. He's not really acting. He just turns up. He's not acting. He's just actually. <laughs> and he was coming. He was coming off of a of a decline when he got cast for that. Anyway, that's right. So. He was no one. Yeah, he was. He was really out of it. So proud but, of I mean, him. I'm so proud when that happened. <laughs> I was but, uh, I, when they cast I've the Human been... Torch to play Captain America, because like he was already the Human <laughs> Torch, right. and he was such a yeah, douchebag no, Human Torch, and and uh, and he came and did a complete one eighty. He's not even like the same guy. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, and I, I knew him from a lot of stuff from like '90s things too. Um, yeah. But or like early 2000 things that um, Chris, <laughs> what the fuck is his name? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Evans. 
I kept wanting to say Chris Pine. I'm like, oh yeah, there's so many Chris's that star in all of these movies that we see. So yeah. Um, but no, Chris Pine is in Star Trek. But um, and and in Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's in everything. It's terrible. so hot right now. He's very hot right now. If I touched him, I'd burn my hand. Um, but um, yeah, no, I thought I think Marvel deliberately makes that choice so they can build. Um, so they're not building their world around the actor. And I think Charlie Cox fits really well into that, and he he very much is Daredevil now. But so, if he went and did if he went and did another movie, it would he'd be unrecognizable in that as well, though. Yeah, See, but- I mean, I, I like the way he does the he has the quiet temperament uh, when he's sort of just lawyer and Matt Murdock, and then it's a good contrast to when he's Daredevil. He doesn't change the, the voice the too much. The brutality of it, yeah, it's just the just how he seems to. I'll just be calm and and cool and everything, and then. But now I've now I'm Daredevil. I'm just going to beat the living shit out of you. <laughs> but, I, I feel uh, like there there's too much where he doesn't actually show any emotion. Where there's too much of that being level that there's not enough. He's not able to really show a full range of emotion. It feels like in that maybe it's maybe it's the role and the way they want it played, but I just don't get that much from him. Yeah, I thought I always sort of took that a bit. I know what you're saying because I have sort of noticed that a little bit, Jared. But I, I wonder if it's meant to be more that he's sort of because he's listening so much, because of based on how everything sort of works with his power and stuff, that maybe he's so uh, he's so concentrating on listening to everything because otherwise he is really blind. That he had to sort of I don't know take himself out of it. It's it might be that, but I, I, I did see your point. I, I think he could be a little bit more uh, animated in some parts. Uh, Tim, any any sort of thoughts on Daredevil himself before we, we move on? Yeah, I kind of... I, I take the lack of emotion a different way. I feel like there, there's there's a lot that's just kind of bubbling right beneath the surface that he's just kind of not not showing, but, but I always kind of feel it in the scene. Um, and and to me, he always seems like um, like deep down, he just he's just this kind of like masochist. Like he just likes beating people up. And he likes getting hit. Um, <laughs> and and he um, he has a sense of justice, but he but he kind of lives for that violence. Uh, and he's not able to admit that to himself or anybody. I think the lawyer thing comes into it too. Like generally, the character is. You know, like he he'll be so frustrated with the legal system, for instance, that you he he goes out to be daredevil and and does what you can't do as a lawyer. You know, so all his uh, frustrations and I mean, like in the court in the courtroom, you can't just beat the shit out of some some criminal guy, but in, on the streets as daredevil, he can. I mean, that and that um that sort of classic scene that they did with the hallway, you know, where there it's all. I mean, whether it's trickery or what, but it's essentially one shot. Oh, yeah, that, that was a one take. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are a lot of one takes they do these days that aren't really one takes, but I mean, I think that one probably legitimately was. No, it was. Um, they, they, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was articles that that was a one take. That was a yeah. true. They did that I mean, one. It, there was a great one on the first season of, uh, of True Detective. There was a long one take that was gorgeous. As well, when they're real, you can you notice them. If if you're like a film nerd, which I am, true. So. I mean, I think that that sort of almost like that would be the scene to show someone. I think to be all right. If you want to watch this show, just watch this bit, 
and it Absolutely. not only does it give you not only does it give you like the action and obviously like punching and kicking and all that kind of stuff but it does give you insight into his character as well where he goes in to save the kid you know pulls up pulls up the mask and you know don't worry come with me i'm gonna take you to your dad or whatever he says and then as he comes back out to sort of face the world he's got the mask back down again whereas a lot of superhero stuff it's like you might be saving kids or whatever but they still keep like batman doesn't take his mask off to kids you know what i mean like it, it was just more of a humanizing moment i thought but that's what i would show to someone who wasn't sure no, are you gonna say something mean about batman right now oh say that no, no no of course not yes. batman's oh, awesome batman. but i just meant like he, he batman batman strives on not showing his human side when he's batman yeah. because he wants to scare people whereas batman, dead, batman scares kids he doesn't care if he scares kids yeah, exactly. Batman's he, a, his I, whole I think gimmick Batman's is a to scare people. Garbage, but that's just me. <laughs> that's, that's a whole episode. Oh, this show is over. This is, this <laughs> is a lot of friendships ending on this podcast tonight. Listen, this is a contention in our relationship, the Batman <laughs> thing. So I have Batman on the background of my phone still. And it's still not as good as my motherfucking Superman tattoo. You know, I also have a picture of the two of us on the background of our phone, and I will remove it and put more Batman <laughs> is what I will do. Well, before we get into... You should just uh, Photoshop any... Jack out and put Batman in. Just put Batman. Bat Bat oh, yeah. Batman. Who's the Batman you hate the most? Should I put George Clooney as Batman instead of you? Val, Val Kilmer, Kilmer as Batman? It's gotta be Val Kilmer. Batman Forever is an excellent film. Batman forever. <laughs> Even forever. Tim's in here like you don't I'm not sure. Tim's Tim made a face disgusting. like I'm not sure I can I can defend that position. Watch I'm it again. Blowing fart noises with my mouth. Watch it again. You're gonna ruin. You're gonna ruin the audio. I'm right about this. You were not. I would like to. So Daredevil. Exit polls. Yeah. Well, before said. we get into any Martha arguments, then we'll uh, we'll move on with uh, with with Foggy and uh, Jared. I'll let you start. What's your general thoughts on Foggy? I think he plays the role perfectly. He's got the the comedic relief when it's needed, the frustration that you'd have as a friend, and just kind of that the, the I know it's bad to say this, but the lovable loser attitude going on and then there's also the yeah I can kind of see it when his hot ex-girlfriend shows up yeah he's like the uh, what, do, what do you call it the um, the fallback plan for her oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like his arc personally as well like he sort of starts out as that like anything it takes lawyer and then he becomes more heroic and he wants to help the neighborhood when they find out sort of what Fisk is doing. And, and, but then once he finds out that Matt is daredevil, he really just sort of flicks a switch almost and just almost gives up everything. Um, yeah. Do, do you guys feel that that was sort of, it's only really season two that he kind of comes back into the fold, but he's still really hesitant about it. Um, is right, that just me? Like, or being like the, everything it takes lawyer. Yeah. At the end though, cause he takes the, the job at, um, Carrie Ann Moss's law firm. I'm sorry, I don't remember her character's name, but I know the actress. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, I mean, I, I will bring her up a little bit later, obviously, when we hit the uh, the Jessica Jones show. But, yeah, I, I like that part as well, though. They sort of sprinkled in characters from each other's shows type deal. But, um... Hey, Earth Child, Benowitz, and Nelson. It's on my notes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well... 
Well, there's also, of course, as well as Foggy, there's Karen Page. And uh, besides the little sort of comic book nods and hints to the uh, the drug problems and the, and the porn and stuff in the, that she gets involved in in the comics, uh, what would you say? I personally, I think like the tenaciousness of the character is what sort of uh, keeps it interesting. Am I the only one who would would think that way? No, not at all. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. That you, the tenacity is there. The you know, the, again, it comes back to a good arc where she goes kind of from really the victim to really asserting herself and following through and being a driving force in the story, but not because she's the victim. She's and refusing to be a victim. Yeah. And kind of all these situations keep arising that, that, that kind of put her in this, yeah. you know, damsel in distress or victim role, and she's, and she's always fighting against the... Jack, yeah, I, and I mean, what would you guys? I mean, well, well, Kristen, for instance, or Jack. I, as a you, as a human woman, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, as one what, of those I, you know uh, girl types. <laughs> I was a, um, I was, I was a True Blood fan for for a while before it went very off the rails in the last couple seasons, and um, her character was. I almost want to say by far the most annoying one on the show and and there were a lot of annoying people on that show so um it was it's tough for me to to like to see her because I you know I have I had a bias because she I mean she looks like she did look exactly the same there was no change um that being said I think the the evolution of Karen as a character is kind of wonderful because she's she starts off as something that you think is um, I mean, which is the catalyst for, you know, um, what avocados at law getting in, getting involved with her, and she kind of just sticks around. But um, well, she's the catalyst to the whole Fisk storyline, I suppose, in the first season, and then she just she becomes so so integral to them, and I think um, she develops a strength of character that that Matt and Foggy. Um, definitely don't even know about at this point. Like we know as the viewers, like the things that she's done to for them and to get herself out of bad situations. And so I'm glad that with this, I, this her character could not have become what it is on anything but a long form television series like this because she it took so much time for her to develop into this. And I really enjoy her. I think she's a strong female character. I think Karen's stronger than I, I would say any of the other women that are on the show. There's not no, enough I, I, of Claire for you to get that um, on Daredevil. Um, no. And Electra, I well, we can get into her later, but Electra is extremely fascinating, but very fragile. I th- I think as well um, the the mentor. This might lead into our next character. Um, but the the mentor sort of mentee relationship she has with uh, Ben Ulrich as well through season one, um, where he sort of tries to take her under his wing and, and kind of almost and uh, plus what what that obviously leads to, uh, especially with her character in season two where she you know she essentially like replaces him um, mm-hmm. as as the reporter and stuff. Um, 
I think that is some of the strongest stuff, like, in any of the three shows, as far as just regular acting and storytelling, you know? Like, that is... That's quite a highlight, which I, I don't think anyone would have expected that. Um, so, Jack, with uh, Ben Urich, how'd you feel about his character? Especially the big twist, of course, where he gets uh, knocked off in the first season. First of all, let me say, as a longtime comic book reader, I fucking love Ben Urich. I loved his interactions with Peter Parker and later with Matt Murdock. I thought it was a really interesting choice to for them his entrance into the Marvel Cinematic Universe for them to drop him in and have him working and connect with Murdock and Foggy and Karen and all of that. So I thought that was cool and I was like, Oh, all right, and he's gonna tie he's going to tie Tom Holland's Spider-Man back to this thing. And then it was like, nope, no, he's not. Uh, right. Well, we, we kind of have to be accepting of the fact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not going to tie into the Marvel TV Universe because the heads of both divisions ate each other. And so they're basically not talking to each other anymore. So th- yeah. there's not going to be crossovers I think it's a timing. About the future of the country? Is that like what you're saying? And the people who want to watch their show? I think it's a timing issue as well. Like the the shows are written, you know, months in advance, for instance, whereas the movies are written years in advance or a year or two in advance. So I think the slight nods that they do to like you know like events in New York and the events in DC and like that's that's good enough for me. The references and things like that seem to be very one way though. Like Not to mention, um, what do you call it? The um, Agents of Shield is like is is much more up to date with what just happened. Like yeah, they'll yeah. make sure that's their their episode that comes out like the week after a movie debuts references that movie, which I always Shit. appreciated about them. I'm like, damn, you tried hard. Yeah, <laughs> episodes episode seventeen or something. They'll be like, whoa, well, how about that Ultron? You know, well, that, that, exactly. The, yeah, the, I remember. I think it was after like Thor: The Dark World, like the next episode. They were like, they're like, can you believe what happened in DC last week? We're still yeah. cleaning up. It's crazy. And I'm like, I just saw that movie. That's well, crazy. The, the other <laughs> is, you know, like Agents of Shield didn't get good until until I stopped Captain watching America. it. Apparently, actually, no, <laughs> uh, until Captain America and the Fall of Shield. That's when that show really turned around. Yeah. For a while, it was like, okay, we're just. We're just going through the paces. This is not going to be good. And then they they had that in the movie, and it was game off. No, I know it's so good now, and I, I'm extremely behind on it, and I, I feel like a bad fan. There's that's so much good, now. <laughs> that's a good point, though, Jared, because that's what actually made me go back to to start watching S.H.I.E.L.D. again, because I'd watched about three or four of them and thought, oh, yeah, I'll get to it. And then, yeah, during Winter Soldier, I'm like, well, hang on. They got a whole show. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what? What happened on the show that's gonna that's gonna happen? You know, with this whole Hydra thing. So I had to go back and and yeah, it does it does I actually get good after that. that so. if yeah, gonna, no. If I was gonna start watching it again, because I watched like maybe two episodes and it's kind of like meh. But if I should I go back? Yes. Uh, if, if I do watch it again, like just skip, yeah. skip yeah. ahead until the Winter Soldier. No, uh, watch them. Watch them. Watch them. But just like like even their Monster of the Week stuff is like is pretty well done that they do in in the first season. But then like right at like the first. Uh, like I think of the mid-season finale of either the first or second season when they do, they do like the ascension thing with like Kyle McLaughlin and people like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, apparently it took off and got excellent, 
right after that, and I totally stopped watching. Oh, you had me <laughs> a comic watching. But it, yeah. it gets good, and they, the Flash Shield stuff is amazing. Patton Oswalt is excellent on that show as well. Getting to be like full nerd. Wow, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Multiple Patton Oswalt's. That's all. Yes, exciting. many Patton Oswalt's. Um, so, Tim, while we got you, how about yeah. Stick, the uh, the the mentor and teacher of Daredevil's ninja ways or whatever? I find uh, I find Stick to be just a little tedious. Yep. Um, he's kind of he's kind of one note, you know, like the the mentor mentee relationship. Like he's he's cool, I guess, or at least at, at first I thought he was cool. Like the the flashback stuff, I was on board with, um, but. As it approached like the climax of season two, I was like, I was like, you know, your big bad is this Nobu guy who Daredevil beat up in season one. It's like that's this is all you got, stick. Yeah. Like this is this is what you've been uh, acting like this for the whole time. Like I, I still don't really understand what the Black Sky is supposed to be. No, I I never understood what Black Sky was. Supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does or, kind of yeah, lose well, its way a little bit. Murder children, like. Yeah. <laughs> So do you think they went too far with sort of almost making him like a, he's almost a villain, really? He he is, and 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 maybe he's got some potential, um, you know, moving forward. But I, you, you know, it's when, when he comes back, especially in the second season, I'm never really happy to see him. Yeah, I can't argue with really any of that. I I, I didn't get into it. I didn't buy him. It just never clicked, is what I think it was. There was just never... When he was on screen, there didn't seem to really be any chemistry with anybody. It was just there. It was like, okay, we got to explain how how Matt got to learn to do what he does. And they threw him in there. And they couldn't... It's almost like they couldn't decide, do we want him to be a good guy? Do we want him to be a bad guy? How do we play this? And yeah, I, I always I'm- almost wondered whether they were going to sort of throw a twist in again and... and- have him sort of turn and almost be the villain, but then wonder if there was too many. Not not the villain, but you know, a antagonist at least. But maybe that would have annoyed too many hardcore. <laughs> and say that I totally understood the relationship between Stick and Matt Murdock because it's essentially the relationship I have with my father. No. So, <laughs> oh, that's a ninja. No, my dad was a marine for twenty years. Six um... of one, half dozen of the other. I don't get that uh, turn of a phrase. That's for a different podcast. That's for just for colloquialisms. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's you, a real you, unfunny nerd tangent. That, that, that's the one hosted by Daryl. <laughs> that's right. Oh, <laughs> a bird in the hand. <laughs> but uh, well, well, Jack, you were talking about D'Onofrio before, and that once he was announced as kingpin, you were like, "Right, I mean, uh, yes." And I mean, clearly, fantastic job in that in the show. As far as I, I'm concerned, yeah. um, I I love the backstory of him as a kid and, and his mother and the abusive dad and he snaps and and then how at the start of like, well the first time you see him he's just staring at that painting, and then once you get his backstory now the staring at the wall stuff makes sense now and. And especially the end where he's staring at the wall in his cell. It's just like, boom, boom, boom. Here's this storytelling that's laid out for you. And uh, they, they really made you, uh, like, they really made a character out of him. 
I agree. Uh, not that he isn't in the comics, of course, but like the one, probably the most common nitpick of all this Marvel Universe stuff is their villains. Like besides Loki and maybe, uh, I don't know, one or two others, most of their villains are pretty sort of one note and forgettable. But the- I, will go whole, I will go whole hog and say this is this is the best, most fully three-dimensional and realized villain that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has produced so far. And I'm going to go a little deeper on that. I agree. Um, the stuff with Vanessa, I'm so mm-hmm. glad they included it because it is some of the best stuff with Wilson Fisk from the comic books. I am glad they included it. I'm glad they just pretty much transported it over 100% because – it makes it really, really difficult to pass like a just straight up black and white judgment on Fisk because he loves her. And in the books, the, the children that they have together like so fiercely and to the point where he's just like, yeah, I do all this stuff, but I do all this stuff. Around. It's a very Walter White kind of setup. OK. Yeah, that's a, good a very yeah. it's a very Heisenberg thing with him. And I'm really glad that they walked that line and they did not fall into the trap of just making him, you know, oh, he's just bad, bad, bad. There's no redeeming qualities to him whatsoever because he's, you know, he's very skilled. um, He's very erudite. um, Oh, shit. And, you know, clearly can uh, function within all these different avenues of society from the top level all the way on down so you know very familiar to some of the folks that we're dealing with right now yeah i don't know what you're talking about i do i do agree uh with the vanessa stuff as well i do have that in my notes actually that that really helps humanize him um and it's a good character for her as well because it's it's almost surprising that she's so ready sort of to, to be with him and continue with being with him after she learns of who he is and what he does and especially after he's brought down she's like even more loyal to him then and goes in you know goes into hiding with um with his people and that kind of stuff but i guess that's obviously like you were saying it's meant to show how much of um, they're devoted to each other which only intensifies their uh motivations like Uh oh. Greg? Yeah, I think oh, it is. Hmm. So, so, we're kind of talking Daredevil and, you know, Fisk and. Oh, I got more to say about Fisk. Go for I think, it, Tim. I, I thought, I, I, I'm totally uh, on board with pretty much everything that, that Jack has said about him. Um, even though Jack's not a Batman fan, I got to agree with him on this one. And, uh, <laughs> and the problem I think with him being so damn good in the first season was that I just wasn't as into the second season because of it and I didn't know what was missing um, because you know they, uh, the, the Punisher I just wasn't feeling quite as much the hand I couldn't really get into but then when he came back and he kind of had his own episode like that was that was kind of what got me back on board with Daredevil yeah I, I think that his absence was felt a lot in yeah. that second season and, yeah. and I think you see that in other Marvel things as well. When when they're when the villains that they've got that are fairly developed don't show up, there's something missing and driving the story. And I think they've really got something with you know what when, when I heard Nafrio was playing Fisk, I think I went okay, that guy's going to be perfect for that. And then he exceeded my expectations. The the depth at yep. which he was yep. able. 
was he was able to play that role was great. Like he he didn't just play the role. He went and really just you he became Wilson Fisk. I I stopped seeing D'Onofrio and started seeing Wilson Fisk, which is with somebody who's of that stature of a guy who I've seen in eight million things and mm-hmm. like to to fully take on that role is something that's special and he nailed it, you know, the emotion with Vanessa, the anger, you know, the 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 trying to focus on having have it his control issue, you know, not being able to control his anger, the whole thing. He just he nailed that portrayal. I agree. I actually waited um an uh embarrassingly long time to watch Daredevil. I just I have this bad habit of with actually the exception of Luke Cage not watching the Marvel shows as soon as they come out. It always takes months later and then I I finally watched it um obviously Daredevil season 1 being the first foray into this and I wasn't really sure how it was going to work out and um the moment that I knew that I was really that it had me hooked and I was really into the show was Wilson Visca obliterating that guy's head in the car door. So, oh, yeah. uh, that was... That's where I'm at emotionally. So it uh, really got me. <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. Yeah, I think I would love to see... I know it's a different tone, but I would love to see uh, this kingpin somehow incorporated with Spider-Man later on as well um, because he is he is a big Spider-Man villain too. Yes. And uh, obviously he wouldn't be able to do the same kind of stuff, but... Uh, yeah, it would be a good villain to bring over. I mean, they, how many attempts have they had now for Spider-Man? And it would be a good way to help that go going forward, I think, having an already established villain that most people will have seen and recognised and now you can throw, especially since they've gone young with, with Spider-Man. They're actually using him as a teenager and the contrast would be really good, I think. But um, again, I don't think that'll probably happen because they don't seem to be switching between the two TV and movie. No, uh, I don't think you'll see shows. that. No, I, don't, I mean, I don't think so either, but I would still like to. <laughs> but if they, if they were uh, going to bring in one guy as a cameo, like, like which they haven't done yet in the movies, but but you know, just to show up for a second, you could, you could pop Kingpin into the Spider-Man movie and show that he was pulling some strings or something. Uh, you know, they, there's, there's kind of natural ways that you could... You could show him if if they wanted to, to do that. Like he wouldn't have to be the main villain, but he could be the guy behind the guy. Yeah, exactly. That could that would be a good use of him. The, yeah. The, is it the vulture? Do we know who the bad guys are in the new Spider-Man? Yeah, it's the vulture. It's uh, Michael Keaton as the vulture. You're kidding. Let's get Birdman to play Birdman. a bird. Yeah. man. Is that is that for real? <laughs> they did that on purpose. Yes, they did. Yep. He very rarely does films nowadays, so that's very, that's a huge get for them. He's yeah. got a new one coming out. Good. He basically retired and was begged out of retirement to do Birdman. So, Bird, I can't pronounce things with men at the end. Birdman? He's going to go from oh, Batman to, lives down the street. to Birdman to Vulture. Bobby Bird. yep. yep. Wow. Yeah. That's... <laughs> The, the three well, things season here. two as well. Season two of uh, of Daredevil obviously gave us the Punisher as well. I oh, think we have differing opinions on God. the Punisher. I heard some dissent on on Big Pun coming uh, from your end. All I know is that they're like for some reason Shane from The Walking Dead is uh, on Daredevil now. 
Don't. I had problems with with um. That is with some... him because of him having played Shane from The Walking Dead and Shane being the, yeah. the worst example of a human being that ever existed. Fuck him forever. But um, but if you gave Shane lots of guns and a reason to go kill criminals, fuck he would probably be pretty good at it. Bullshit. So <laughs> Fuck that reductive bullshit. Don't I'm... clap into the microphone. Um... <laughs> I No, I feel really fucking strongly about this because I waited. I waited 27 goddamn years for them to get Frank Castle right on any sort of screen. Oh, no, screen. they definitely got Frank Castle right. Like, not I, my I, hashtag, not my Punisher, Tom Jane, bitches. Tom oh, Jane. More like Tom Jane is a bitch. I get oh, Tom Jane kicking Kevin Nash's ass was fantastic, and you know it. No. Tom yeah. Jane did the best with that what he was, was given. That movie was melodramatic. It, he did the best <laughs> with what he was given. I always get him confused for some reason with the guy from Highlander. <laughs> that Tom, oh, yeah. Tom Jane does look like younger Chris Lambert. Lambert. Where are you from? Lots of places. Like I keep expecting him to do that. <laughs> oh my god. We should have a Highlander episode because I. So would Jack, like you, you liked Highlander. You liked or didn't like this version of? I loved him. I loved it. Yeah. No, it took me a few episodes, but Boy, I like. Jack, I think you sound a lot like Kristen right now. <laughs> as a as Karen warmed to the Punisher, so so I think did the cockles of my cold dead heart. So yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no. Um, Frank Fuck was Shane, Frank was in my opinion the best thing about season two. I cannot fucking wait. He likes for him a lot to have of his own everything. Show. Is the best for hit, you. Hit the prison scene where he took out those guys uh-huh. was that that. Was, tr- that yeah. Is a that's a head above the hallway scene from no, season it, it one for me. Not. No, it is no. not. I, I loved it, but that like, was not above the hallway scene. There were cuts in this one, but no, it's I. They were <laughs> trying to. Cuts. Yeah. They were trying to like. Funny. There were lots of cuts. Uh, you know, sharp stuff. I get it. No, when that uh, scene was was going on, I was sitting there just like a gleeful little kid watching him just kill people. It was fantastic. Listen, I don't. If you know me, like some of you do, I love murder. So <laughs> that was very enjoyable for me. Um, and I can see where that would be above. You, you would think it would be above the hallway scene because no one died in the hallway scene. Or no, actually, was that when he was still killing people? I think so. No, he wasn't. No, because he no, was he think... killed people and then he stopped doing it. Right? He's like he's off the murder now and he needs to get back on that murder train. Stat. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we're all here together on the murder train, and um, Come on. nothing stops the murder train. <laughs> the murder train. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I loved the I loved that murder that murder scene, but I do think that the stylistically i preferred the hallway scene well i think what i like about punisher the the (laughs) punisher in prison scenes is so much that like he does not give a shit that he's in prison it just means he can just hurt more episode was 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 excellent though because that was the fisk episode everything worked for me on so many levels in that episode and it was such a departure from everything else that was happening in the season at the same time um and not, you know, I just, I was really into 
I would rewatch that episode if you, like I could only rewatch one episode from this season. It would it would probably be that one. Yeah, and that was a little bit of a turning point for me, not just on the whole season but on the Punisher too, because because yeah. um, it, for me it really was the opposite of what Jared was saying about D'Onofrio, where I could I could not shake off Shane. Uh, me either, I, though. I couldn't, I couldn't get that you. out of my head. Yeah, I could. With you. Because I hate him so much. We should ask Derek what he thinks about this when he ever gets to it. Because <laughs> oh, he's watching Walking Dead right now. Right. Yeah, don't, don't, don't tell him what much happens he... to Shane. He's so far back. Oh, no, no. He, he, he I, I know. He's, he's, he's... No, he got to that because he's already he's yeah, already passed looking at the flowers. L- like Lizzie looked at the flowers for Derek today, and he yeah. had a little. I was getting yelled at you for saying that to him because he had not seen that episode yet. He was pissed. Was te- I've been yet. teasing him for weeks about he, that. Just look at the flowers, Derek. Too, he's, he's like, like, I don't understand what you're talking about. It's like you'll get it. He, he's like, <laughs> you should have warned me. You should have warned me. It's like I've kind of been warning you since season two, and <laughs> when when you said you were on season four, episode thirteen, I went. Oh, goody, here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> I did that, wait, have you, Jack, I was trying not to do that with Game of Thrones, did you? Did you get to, did you, have you watched any more Game of Thrones since the last time you watched Game of Thrones? I'm halfway through season six, oh so my don't god. tell me. Oh my god. If you guys know what I'm talking about from Game of Thrones, like, this most recent season you're on, right? There's, there's, yeah. There's so, there's so much that you could possibly be yeah. talking about. We're Something extremely yeah. awful happened halfway through the season, and he hasn't seen it yet, and he's he's at that episode. Oh, I'm trying to remember which extremely awful. There's there's a lot of so awful yeah, things. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to be more specific. Um, but don't, but don't. don't oh, I, I, I think I know. And I'm, Just I'm t- think in your... Don't I'm answer the question. The, Tim. Don't answer the question, but think in your head... What would oh, you oh, use? Oh, oh, Tim, oh, Tim just got oh, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Tim, All right. Tim, you guys are together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good. You're yeah. with me on this. He's one. He is at that episode, and I keep. I'm like, just let it, just let me know. Like, if you, I'll watch it with you, it's it's okay. And he like has no idea. He doesn't know yeah. at all. Jack, he's may, sitting here, just like just in the calm of not of not having seen that. His his little his little eyes yeah. oh. have not seen this thing. Oh. Hard for you. There, there, I've, I've seen some uh, some some cosplay that that uh, oh. almost 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 rivals what you guys did with with uh, the Negan and Lucille. Um, I can imagine. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I warmed up to the Punisher. A bit. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not all the way on board, but 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 you're right about the about the prison fight. That was really cool. And, it was dope. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm gonna watch right. it. Gonna watch it when it comes out. I'm still. I'm not super stoked about it, but I do like Karen Page, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, I have to watch everything. It's I just I can't. It's I have no choice. Well, I think the uh, last major character to to uh, talk about is probably Elektra. Um, who wants to take this one? I have opinions <laughs> on that. As a woman, um, right, sure. why don't you start this off? Because uh, yeah. I, I, all right, so you're supposed to, I, this is how I, I, I imagine, like, the writer's room went with the introduction of Electra. is you're supposed to, to hate the fact that she's there, because Matt and Karen were finally going to get together, and then this bitch swoops in, right? That's from, that's the, that's the, like, the WB writer's, like, <laughs> You know, establish a thing and then fuck it up. Like that's just how it works. Um, what are you it's a very, about? Um, You're not talking about very Elicity, are you? thing. What's that? You're not talking about Elicity, are you? 
No, I'm not talking about Felicity. <laughs> um, I'm talking about like um, it's a very um, Joss Whedon thing to do, like because he always would say that he would like to get characters together and then destroy it within two episodes. That was his favorite thing to do. And if you watch like Buffy and things like that, that's what always happens. Oh, you just got Whedon. Yeah, and that's so it's a, it's it's a Whedon-esque thing to do. So you're kind of waiting for something bad to happen, um, and then so I didn't like Electra at first. And then I also like residual, like remembering the previous incarnations of Electra, and I was like, I don't, I don't get it. But Gemma honestly, Arterton. I think, yeah, I think yeah, Gemma Arterton. From yeah, the, she, the, Gemma Arterton was so good. Yeah, she's great. Um, so, I, um, I think they did. I almost rivaling what Jack was saying about the development of Wilson Fisk. I think they did a great job with, um, with her backstory, especially her relationship to Matt previously. It gave a lot of insight into it managed to flesh out Matt's character at the same time as developing her. And I was, I was on, I was on board with her by the end. They really got me. And then I'm very confused about what is even going on with her. Like, is she going to come back to life? Is she as like a zombie god creature? Oh yeah, cool. totally, totally. Um, she's like their Matanza or something, right? Yeah, it's gonna be like that. She's gonna have a mask. Um, but I really, um, I thought I thought she was excellent. I thought the the intro was like was kind of shaky, like her just showing up like that. But then they they really did because they had time again were able to make her a fully fledged character, and that's I mean that's the best you could expect Electra to be. Yeah, my my only complaint would be I think they rushed the whole um, Electra dies storyline. Yeah. I think... Like, ran out of time, really. I know, yeah, like I know, uh, you know, like comic books and stuff, it's, um, it's bullseye, you know, that takes her out and that sort of stuff. But, I mean, it doesn't have to be the same. I just, I would have loved it if they'd actually, like, saved that confrontation to season three or something like that and then turned it on its turned it on its head and maybe had electro kills bullseye instead or something just to fuck mm-hmm. with the whole status quo and and just to to because most people will be watching that going okay here we go a leads to b b leads to c and then you go nope completely different and it would also be a bit like how they used ben Urick, where it was like okay like Jackie was saying, like this guy's going to turn up maybe in the Spider Man, or he's going to be this long term mentor. It's like, nope, we killed him off just because that's something different and it actually meant something. Um, whereas this whole, uh, like season two to me, for instance, I love the Punisher stuff, but the whole sort of the hand was very disappointing to me and the whole zombie ninja, like you said, the black sky thing it was all a bit vague and just. It didn't sort of really work for me too much. I will I will say with the zombies that that one thing like towards the end of the episode where um, where Matt sees Nobu again for the first time and he's like you're dead and the and he just goes death there is no such thing I thought it was pretty fucking badass actually <laughs> but that was <laughs> that was about it ta da yeah I, I just I, thought it was a I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan of the electric character it was. Like, I like what she did to flesh out Matt, but her, I, I wasn't a fan. It didn't do anything for me. And the whole involvement with, you know, she is Black Sky or whatever, it got really weird at the end and just didn't, 
it didn't work. I do like that she kind of was that block between Matt and, uh, like, not her name. Karen. 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 But mm-hmm. it it, it, it kind of kept that from happening too soon and, and going any further. But it just never... She never really clicked for me. I never thought... Again, it goes back to... I just didn't think the chemistry was there. And it was just kind of forced. And they were trying to do too much. Too I will quick. give you that. Because I, I didn't get a sense of actual affection between the two of them. And it, it seemed a little kind of clobbered together. The, the, the actress just seemed very stiff and everything. Like it wasn't... It, you could tell like she was acting, which which is really pulling me off there. Is that it, it was another one of those? It was a very stiff performance. I didn't get that so much. I, I felt like there were there were some some good moments, like some some of the flashbacks when in the boxing ring. Um, you know, there was some nice stuff, but then when you have their whole their whole history with uh, with Matt and Electra. Going back to Stick and going back to you know Nobu in the hand and Black Sky, that sort of that that sort of tarnishes the whole backstory and makes it a little less interesting. Because like if that if 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 this one like Greg said this this kind of vague idea of you know zombie ninjas is what the whole thing was all about, then why should we care so much about it? Yeah, I. I... That it just seemed like just... I think they suffered from, like you said, Jared. They suffered from not having Kingpin, basically, yeah. uh, because season one is so clear cut that he's the villain and his plan needs to be stopped. And they go ahead and off they go, and it's, you know, it's it's you you. Well, I mean, standard. It sounds like I don't, I don't mean to say standard like as if it's a bad thing, but it's your standard hero villain plot. Whereas yeah, this one kind of was too, but yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. And um, whereas this one was sort of like, right, we got to stop Punisher because he's we have to sort of save him from himself, and and they off he goes, and and then uh, even they don't even really tie it back in. It's just sort of Punisher just kind of turns up at the end, takes out a couple of ninjas with his sniper rifle, and it's just like, yep, you know, go get him or whatever he says, and, and then he finally gets his skull shirt, and then he just sort of fucks off, um, like I'm off to my own show later. Uh, but the yeah the the whole hand thing I just thought it needed that central sort of villain almost to to tie it together and they didn't unless they're trying to build it up that now Electra will be that villain in the in the next season yeah. as I think they were but it, it there's a split because you're like every you know that Frank Castle's not the bad guy sort yeah. of you know he's like he's a tweener. I um, but they spend half of the season with him as the bad guy, and then tr- and then try and pivot to this other thing that they don't have enough time left now to explain. So you're left wondering, like, w- like what was what was the crux of the season? It's a very like in between season, and I w- I will bet you that like the the combination of this season and the third one will overall work really well. Yeah, that's but, a good point. That might yeah. like looking back at it. Once there's a season three, if you were to then just watch. Like if you're gonna do a Derek and just go, right, I'm gonna watch everything at once now. If you watch like Daredevil season one, then two, then three, it might work perfectly. Right, because like yeah, you can make that argument for Walking Dead too. Yeah, exactly. you, you wouldn't yeah, notice they spent a whole the... season looking for a bag of guns if you're watching all of them at once, or yeah. another whole season looking for a 
kid who's totally already dead. Um, spoilers from five years ago. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, well, yeah. are we uh, are we ready to move on from from Daredevil? Yeah, I, I think we should. We we spent a long time on that, but that that one's well, really it had two, Yeah, it had two seasons. So, and, and I think we can link. I think Jessica Cage and uh, or Jessica Jones and Luke Cage will link together really well, like I just did. <laughs> Yeah, you're shipping or you're shipping already, Jared. You ship that? Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, with Jessica Jones, was anyone really familiar with the comics? Uh, and if you mm-hmm. if you were, what were you yes. expecting? Um, for instance, did you think that they? I mean, if let's put it this way, if anyone knows what is kind of involved in the Jessica Jones Purple Man storyline before the show. Did you think that they would really delve into exactly what that is or was? Uh, or did you think they won't go that way because it's TV, essentially? Jack? Jack, Jack may be the only one who read the comics. You said you read the comics? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I was, let's say I was pleasantly surprised that they went as deep as they did on this. Because um, looking at the entire. Um, overall, do you want to? Arc- sorry, Jake. Do, do you want to just explain what we're talking about in case people well, aren't? What we're talking about with the Purple Man is the fact that he used his his powers. Kilgrave. Yeah. Okay. In the comics, he's just the Purple Man, and he is That's literally true. a Purple Man. Oh, he's much better being David Tennant. Yeah. <laughs> just wearing but, some purple. But he, he did stuff. use he did use his powers to do all sorts of things and pretty much in the name it of was purple. Like, if he was a if he was a carpenter, he was using Jessica as the hammer. Would you say his aura was purple? I would like to know more about how the color purple works and with this. Is he a big fan of Toni Morrison? Prince? Um, he loves the Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. The, the the film version of the Toni Morrison thing. Yes. Okay. Does he identify Prince as a symbol or or as Prince? Like, is that you, you know? Like, does he respect? Is he the artist formerly known as Prince, he, who is now re- once again known as Prince? Like, does he? He does respects he say the whole all thing? of all of that man's choices. Okay. Prince right. Nelson Rogers can do whatever the fuck okay. he wants. Okay. Continue. But the whole idea of the fact that they got into some really nasty stuff because Brian Michael Bendis will not fucking back down from that shit, not even a little bit. And because of that, it, it definitely changed the face of Marvel Comics over the last 15, 20 years for the better, in my opinion. Um. I think that he was the best thing to happen to them, and he really reinvigorated the way they tell stories, both in a short and long format. And one of those things was in the writing of Alias and the fact that he tackled some really nasty subjects uh, before it became a thing that was tackled in other forms of media, stuff like consent and, you know, mental abuse and, you know, sexual abuse and rape and things like that. It's just some really, really heavy shit, and he was out there doing it out front in like 2002, 3, 4 in this comic long before it ever got to television, so in the time that passed as it became something that people were tackling that uncomfortable subject and going farther into it, this actually became a great vehicle for that because those Marvel the Marvel shows each season kind of tackles a different deal I'd say that uh, Daredevil tackles gentrification while uh, Jessica Jones definitely tackles consent and sexual assault Um, 
you sort of like your survivor's guilt as well, almost. Absolutely. Uh, Luke PTSD. Cage definitely tackles yeah. police brutality in the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then we're... Iron Fist is next. Yeah, Iron Fist is next, but I mean, whether that's just going to tackle the war on drugs, which they kind of alluded to a little bit in Daredevil, or if that's going to get into some deeper deeper issues will you know that remains to be seen people are so mad that they cast a white guy to play a character that in the comics is a white guy right you know what um i have a a friend who works for comic book resources he's a a, asian american guy and he um he really did not want iron fist to be asian he was like we like the first asian superhero in the marvel universe cannot be a guy whose special power is karate like that's not going to be cool yeah i I, that is more racist yes like i I don't hmm yeah i know what was that show that was on amc um oh shit with the clippers not not the not the basketball team um god the oh into the badlands did you guys watch any of that Nope. No. Silence. Um, there was a show. I don't know if they continued it on um, called Into the Badlands, um, and the lead character was um, was Asian American and was like he was such a dope hero, and I wanted such good things for that show, and I don't think anybody watched it. I watched it. And it was really good. I don't. I don't know if it's based on a graphic novel. It, I've. It's one of those things that seemed like it was. But you should look it up. It's like about a dystopian universe that's also somehow like plantation life. It's cool. really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so yeah, they basically in the show they don't they do sort of gloss over uh, Jessica Jones's sort of origin story in a way. She kind of just sort of has an offhand remark to to Luke Cage of like, oh yeah, we like because she says, oh how'd you get your powers? And he's like, oh an experiment. And she sort of just says like, oh yeah, I had an accident type thing. And um. There's a little quick flashback of, you know, oh, we, we crashed into a truck and there's some chemicals or something in the back of it, you know. Which is um, what happened to Daredevil, so... Yeah, that's right. But um, Yeah, but there's more I mean, to her origin than, than that, and I, I yeah. we get the impression they're going to delve into that yeah. in subsequent seasons. Yeah, like the, the, the powers and things like that are not really so much of her origin as opposed to, like you were saying, Jack, like all the, the, the Purple Man stuff is sort of her real origin, really. Um, and I think as that far worked, as the character goes, I, I think yeah. it worked not having to do the whole origin story thing all at once. And really, you, you the origin story was more of how she became who she is as a person, not the superhero, which is yeah, something exactly. they haven't done. Which I think is really part of why I really like the show is it was more about you know personality and stuff than it was the superpowers. Is that the superpowers were kind of a driver, not the focus? Yeah, I found that just... to be more true about Luke Cage than Jessica Jones. Um, that the superpowers had nothing to do with it in Luke Cage, but um... it, it did. But but I th- I think both of them did a good job with that. I think, but with Luke Cage, we did get into the backstory. There was all the flashbacks and kind of that playing that out more so than. Uh, what was going on with Jessica Jones, where it was more about her personality and relationships and how she... Um, yeah, well, for her, the superpowers was almost more of a... It was like a problem. It made her a liability, and yeah. uh, because of her powers, she had all of this guilt for the things that she had done that weren't even her fault. 
Right. Um, Jessica Jones was. I mean, I'll I can I'll say that it's it's by far my favorite of the of the Marvel television shows. Um, I really enjoyed the way that it was put together. I don't know. Um, I like the how much it says about consent. Um, the having a strong female lead like that, more than one, really, um, was great. There was a defined big bad who was just. I mean, I, I I was well aware that David Tennant is capable of being um, an evil fuck because um, he's done it before. Because I've, I've that was another level, yeah. Oh no, it was. I mean, he's I done a good, some um, sadistic uh, stuff in in the UK. Um, he's in a, he's in a film called A uh, Secret Smile where he's like he basically is a rapist in that as well. Not basically, he is. Um, I saw a good quote on the net just before they dropped Jessica Jones and it was, I can't remember who said it with a, well, basically like, I don't think the general nerd population is ready for, uh, tenant. I can't remember the exact words, but I don't think they're ready for tenant as purple man. Yeah. Because Uh, they just think we're going to get tenant. Cool. You know, he's going to be like this bad guy you love to hate. It's like, no, he's not. <laughs> he is a bad guy, but yeah, he, they know he does Doctor Who, yeah. and they know he does um, occasional Shakespeare. But he's he's a much more well formed actor than that, and I was super ready for it, and he well exceeded my expectations. He was such a sh- a shit, and but um, and like you didn't feel any empathy for him, but you understood his motivations at the same time. It, oh my god, it was so. Well, my thing was mainly, like, you get a lot of villains, right? And they go, okay, this villain is the worst of the worst. But they do all these, you know, so-called evil character things. uh, But they tend to be kind of cool as well. And, you know, you laugh with them and you sort of, not empathize with them, but you're like, yeah, that guy's awesome. You know, like, it definitely happens with the Joker, for instance. And even, like, more recently. Yeah, and even, I mean, even Loki, he's sort of, yeah, he does horrible things, but it's sort of like almost a background. Like, yeah, we know he's killed people, but like, so is everyone, you know. Whereas, like, the Joker has sort of done really horrible shit, but you still laugh at his jokes, you know. Mm-hmm. And you and you're like, yeah, Joker's awesome. And even more recently, like Negan, for instance, oh, um, yeah. the way that he's been portrayed in the few episodes he's been in on Walking Dead so far, it really is that like, yeah, this guy. Like, there's a lot of people just be watching that show, just going, oh, this guy is awesome. Um, but with Kilgrave, he pretty much, or with Tennant rather, he pretty much plays Kilgrave as like a pretty horrible human being. And, and despite that, they do show you a bit of his backstory where he gets experimented on as a kid and stuff. Mm. Uh, my, I was sort of glad that they didn't really push the sympathetic villain card too much. I was was very, it was was just like, this guy is a real piece of shit and, let's watch him be a piece of shit yeah they so, couldn't do that because they just did it they'd just done it with daredevil with fisk and like you will exactly gonna have a big bad and like it's so much worse than just than just you know a violent strong guy like fisk or um a guy who can can manipulate stuff with magic like loki well, you're just completely helpless against him like just, completely there's yeah. nothing like at least There's with Fisk, you, you could do. at least fight him a bit, and he'll he'll kill you. But you at least will get a punch in, you know. <laughs> like, like the whereas, Avengers couldn't beat K- 
Kilgrave. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, well, maybe some of them aren't human. I don't know. We don't know if his powers work on Asgardians. Let's not get too into I was going to say Vision would fuck his world up. Oh, don't get me started on Vision. Oh, you leave him alone. No, because he just shows up and saves the fucking day, no, doesn't he? Like, no. no, that is fucking canon. I, I love I am Pop Enemy. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that not, this podcast fucking... is going to be responsible for the end of Kristen and Jack's relationship. Exactly. <laughs> We're really tearing them apart. I didn't like the way that they handled it in Age of Ultron. That's all. Not Vision as a, a character... He killed it in Civil War. He was great. He was wearing a suit. It was weird. That was, you know, was totally fine. With he it. was cooking goulash. Was making goulash in that movie, in that movie as well. But yeah, no, I just, I mean, it was, yeah. I feel like they ran out of time in Age of Ultron. They're like, oh, here's Vision. Everything is fine now. Like, no, fuck that. Come on. We're Do weird. better. We are going to disagree. Like I was a judge on Drag Race. Oh my God. Well, T- TMU, you normally have uh, a bit more insight into the villains and stuff, I've noticed. Um, anything sort of popped out for you for Kilgrave that we may not have oh, well, noticed or thought, yeah, thought about? The, the, thing, um, the thing that really uh, made Kilgrave uh, cool to me as a, as a villain, not, not cool and identify with him, but, but cool just from like a writing standpoint, was yeah, yeah. that... Um, he had done so much damage that they couldn't just kill him. They needed him. They needed him alive. They needed to be able to prove that he had done the things that he did um, for, for for all these different reasons. You know, for uh, for this girl Hope Schlotman who's in jail, um, uh, and 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 all this um, other stuff, and and uh, for Jessica too. Um, you know, it was it was very important that. You know, they find a way to be able to say, like, to the police, "Hey, this mind control guy made me do it," and um, and, and and prove that. And that uh, was was such a cool driver for the um, the early episodes of the show. And then in episode ten or so, they just sort sort of killing everybody. Yeah. And <laughs> and then and then uh, and and like so so Hope was dead. Uh, Hogarth's wife uh, was was also killed. Like all these. Um, you know, loose ends in the story. They just they just killed them all, and then Jessica finally is just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna go kill this bastard. And and that was the kind of the, the point where it fell off for me. Uh, See, I, I thought by the, hope too. I thought by the time she she does kill him, it was kind of like everyone's like, yeah, good. Like everyone's sort of ready to kill to kill him. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like it was it was. I was like, stoked, he, yeah. Not because of, I'm not I'm not I'm not because I'm sick of him. No. But yeah. but uh, but it was it was. I thought it was more interesting. It was more nuanced when 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 they couldn't do it. Yeah, I think they just kind of reached that point where they're like, "Shit, we just have to because we have to sort of cut our losses." Almost, you know, like yeah, these other people are gonna stay in jail or whatever it is because of things that he did. But how many more people is he gonna hurt if we just leave him? But um, but uh, you mentioned um, uh, Carrie Ann Moss before Kristen and uh at first I thought sort of her character was a bit of filler and stuff but then yeah. like you said Tim by the end of it when they they did the whole thing with her ex-wife or, or whatever and uh I, I I liked it that sort of shows it sort of made that character stand out a bit and showed that she is sort of now aware of how close she was to like blurring the lines every day that kind of thing um so I think 
when she shows up on season two of Daredevil, it made all the sense in the world. And I think going forward, when they look at like towards the Defenders and that type of uh, show that's coming next year, I could see them all kind of tying together really well because they placed these little seeds throughout the season. Oh yeah, they, they've done a great job placing seeds to bring the Defenders together and you've got the characters in place that link them all. Um, Rosario Claire is a good one. Hogarth. There's a couple of them that, that'll provide... I'm sure that are, they're planning to be the linchpin. Turk. They'll, they'll work Turk in there somehow. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, we'll, um, we'll try to keep moving because we've still got to get to Luke Cage, but yeah. just quickly, we did have uh, the characters of uh, Trish Walker, and we ha- who is well, she wasn't Hellcat on the show, obviously, but uh, you never know down the road. And uh, we had uh, Will Simpson, of course, as well, who kind of started to become Nuke a little bit from the comics, but not entirely. But uh, he does get sort of taken away by the secret shady organization at the end. So that would be interesting fan to see. Of, of that character. Yeah, I wasn't at first, but then I, I didn't mind it. But then when they just sort of... white went, knighting. I don't know. I just... I, was, I, just, I mean, I'm just, thing, I got, like, super feminist about the show, and I was like, they don't need your help! <laughs> but I thought all I the, every time job. he showed up, it always it always seemed like he could go either way. And, and then he finally does. He finally becomes the kind of villain that everybody's a little worried about him being the whole time, you know? Yeah. Like, there's always there's always something with him where it's like, he's, he's shown up as a white knight, but, but can we really trust this guy? No. Yeah, well, I see. I see. I think. I think. To me, they. I like that they did that because he keeps trying to turn up and be that white knight, but then he realizes that, like Jessica Jones, doesn't need him to help her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like she, he doesn't like, she doesn't need his help to beat up a guy, or fight someone or whatever. And I think that sort of fucks with his head. So he thinks, well, I need to be stronger. So he goes to yeah. his army buddies or whoever and gets his gets his um, drugs and that completely fucks him up and then now he's going to be yeah I, I thought that would work if he turns up later as as the new character um, yeah I, I know it does work I just I, I think I just need more of it yeah so Maybe know, I'm not, could, not writing uh, it off I'm just like give, give me give me a little bit more and you know help me understand the usefulness of yeah. it well um Jared I'm just wondering uh, to me, the overall storyline of the Jessica Jones season, if to me, it felt like it could have done with maybe a couple of less episodes. Um, fewer. Yeah, fewer. <laughs> there He's speaking have Australian, Chris. So give him a know. break. There, I should let that yeah, go. I don't know how the Queen's English works. No, it's it's yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to blame you have to blame Flo for that, by the way, because That's right. she she ridicules me publicly, which I guess I just did. Um, That's cool. About it I all the time there now. May, there were too many episodes. I feel. How's it? <laughs> <laughs> um, it seems like they sort of catch Kilgrave, he escapes. They catch him again, he escapes. It's sort of. I know it got to be the point that of like that second time they get him though, and the way he escapes is. Yeah, like see, to me, that like that thing where he's in the in the soundproof thing or whatever oh, it is, yeah. and or, like that should have been the first time they got him. To me, I just think like it, yeah. it's a bit repetitive. But so, Jared, do you, what do you reckon? More, more or less? 
I think it's maybe one episode, last two episodes, less, but really it, the whole catch him, he escapes, catch him, he escapes, really makes that when they get him, when they finally get him, it, it was more satisfying because you're like, that son of a bitch escaped again. He escaped again. And, and, and you also got to the point of like, maybe she's not going to get him this season and it was going to go, and at the end when they got him, it was, it, it was so satisfying. He just walks away at the end. He just leaves. <laughs> that would be good. good I thought, that, but the, I, it was so tense, though. I was, I was, there was so much tension for the entire season because I was like, just, just murder him, like. And I, I mean, I'm glad we got the payoff, but I, I mean, I would have been angrily okay with him just getting on the boat with Pansy. <laughs> is that what he kept? Is that what the name was? I think so much so, yeah. kid, yeah. Patsy. 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 Pansy. 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 What a ridiculous name. Um, Magically became Harry Potter there for a moment. Pansy. (laughs) Parvati Patil. Um, But yeah, I would have been like, so I would have thrown my computer across the room and then been like, immediately looked up when the next season was coming out. Alrighty, well. Into it. The other character. I hired all women to write every episode for the next season of Jessica Jones. Oh, direct them, I'm sorry. They have women directors for every episode. That's wow. sisters. <laughs> uh, well, the other character that made his uh, first appearance in this show, of course, is Luke Cage, who will carry us into our last show. Uh, I thought he was better in this show than he was in his own show. Is it? Thank you. <laughs> um, Thank you. I think I he has... You. I think he has what I call like Hulk syndrome. Um, he's like he's too powerful to be stopped, right? So you have to come up with these narrative ways to pose a threat to him. Uh, which, if it's not done right, it doesn't sort of work for me. Um, but we'll get to that. But I like his character in Jessica Jones, especially once he learns that like Jessica killed his wife. Yeah. Um, I like that he doesn't just do the standard almost cliched thing now of like it's okay it wasn't really you we're cool <laughs> uh which is kind of what happens a lot on sort of the old buffy and angel whedon shows like we were saying before it's like that's all right angel you just killed like all of our friends but it's cool oh, yeah because what didn't it because he murdered um giles's girlfriend yeah. right and giles after a while is just like nah, it's all right I know, but he was so mad for a minute, though. I know Did we just slip into people. Buffy the Vampire Slayer? We went back to Buffy yeah. from yeah, mentioning we were, Buffy. We were talking about Buffy. Yeah. I was like, but I don't recognize these characters. So in, yeah. I mean, no, but in, so in those shows, they kind of just go, well, they gloss over it and go, all right, like, sure, you were a villain, but now you're not. Okay, let's move on. Whereas this show, Luke Cage, just he doesn't really get over that. He's just like, no, that's, uh, that's too much for me. Um, too much, man. But uh, straight murdered his and and Kilgrave makes a really good point to her that he all he told her to do was take care of it. She made the decision to kill her. Yeah, that's true. She yeah. assumed that's what he meant. Which I mean, fair though that that's probably what he meant. Well, yeah, he um, had to kill other people, I guess. So yeah. right, but he didn't say kill her. He just said take care of it, and that I'm sure that really. I mean, he he reminded her of it to fuck with her, and it should fuck with her, because it's like she'd become accustomed to him having her murder people, so she just assumed that 
that murder was her only option. I mean, that helped break her free from him, I suppose. But, I mean, Luke has every right to be annoyed with her, and I am glad that he had stuck with her. I think Luke is a really interesting character, but I guess as we get into discussing Luke Cage, the show, I, I just, I had some issues. Uh, I don't know, I, maybe I just, I, I was expecting something different from it. Yeah, uh, all right, well... Tim, I'll get you to give your thoughts on Luke Cage in like this show in general, and then we'll see if that conflicts with what I have down here on my notes. I, first of all, I can't because you tend to you tend to like things that we don't. So I'll just say. The <laughs> <laughs> like, first thing I keep asking myself is like, when is the last time that I watched a show that was a primarily black cast? And it's been an, an embarrassingly long time. Probably since like Family Matters, hanging with oh, Mr. Yeah. Cooper, the Wayans Brothers in the late '90s, um, and um, so that, so that's that's one thing. I think that Luke Cage, um, it has the, I, I found out it has the same cinematographer as Jessica Jones, and you wouldn't you wouldn't think so because the whole vibe and feeling of the show is so different. Yeah, um, and what? and Luke Cage uh, to me like the. The camera angles that it uses um, and things like that really uh, harken back strongly to um, a lot of the black exploitation films. Um, but, but I don't really have a very deep knowledge about that. I, I tried to watch some of those movies kind of ironically in college uh, and, and, and don't really have the kind of appreciation that uh, obviously someone like Quentin Tarantino has um, for that genre. Um, I've seen a bunch of them. So, uh, um, so. Yeah, so so I thought uh, I actually thought Luke Cage was pretty interesting. Um, overall, um, I um, I liked I liked all the characters. Um, I liked uh, Cottonmouth and Mariah. I thought were were really well developed villains, um, and it was it was kind of cool to see their characters evolve. And um, I was I was a little disappointed, I guess, when they killed off Cottonmouth. But um, mm-hmm. what a shock, though, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, t- a total a total shock and uh, and a reminder. That, that with with all of these shows, like there's there's some pretty real stakes. Like a lot of people can get killed at any time. I'm I'm deathly afraid of Karen Page getting killed because everybody she, she dies at some point in the comics. Probably comes back. I don't know, um, but but uh, you know because of that, like it, it really you do feel like anybody can get killed. Um, except except for uh, Rosario Dawson. If she gets killed, I'm done. I, I can't. I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit back and watch watch Claire die. Will she be the Will she be the Coulson of the uh, right? Oh defense? my god! Uh, well, yeah. Then they can oh always... god, just let me die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what it is. Well, you know. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's an option now. It's canon. Right. <laughs> so but see, like, so with with Luke Cage, I I like the main story for the most part, but and I like the acting and the characters and just sort of fell flat around that middle of the season. I think when, like just before they sort of did the twist and they actually killed off Cottonmouth, I think, again, I think maybe a couple of less episodes might have helped it because it did feel a little bit like it's the, you know, I'm going to stop Cottonmouth versus I'm going to get Luke Cage back and forth for a bit with sort of nothing really going on apart from, all right, there's one episode of Luke Cage sort of just strolls through the streets and handles shit for the, for the little guys, which is yeah. cool because that's, that's his whole character. He is that street-level save save the corner, uh, not save the world type thing. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, 
I thought that uh, it sort of it starts off with that and it's okay this is a cool show it's got the Harlem um, neighborhood storyline and you've got um, I think the the Black Lives Matter theme like worked really well as like a source of hope for the show like having your main character as like a black guy who's wrongly convicted and sent to prison and he a then becomes cop. impenetrable to bullets yeah he then yeah. becomes empowered and bulletproof in Harlem yeah. like that is pretty good oh like, that's that it's was, a major statement and I love this I love the social yeah. aspect of of the show uh, well, very, that, very much that so like that stuff comes off good but then once they sort of took out Cottonmouth I thought okay here we go Mariah is going to take over now and be the all-out villain which she kind of was in a way but suddenly there's this new guy that turns up who we haven't seen who's only been name dropped a couple of times and now all of a sudden it's like hey i'm your brother uh and and i'm the cause of all your problems and i'm like what the fuck who the fuck is this like what <laughs> i had to go back and think like did i miss something was he in like episode two or something he was but a little silly just, but i thought yeah. i thought that, that it kept the show interesting that Every time you try to pin it down and be like, okay, this is this is going to be a show about Luke Cage hanging around a barbershop and then going to, to kick some ass every once in a while. But then, like, then everything changes. And, like, there were, there were so many moments in the show. You know, there was, there was Pops getting killed. There was there was Cottonmouth getting killed. And I guess it, it, you know, mostly is around death. But then there there's, um, you know, Luke Cage getting, like, wounded to, like, that, that near-death point. All these, what, what, it, all these pivots that kept it moving in different directions yeah and i thought really that when they did the you know you said it it felt long when it got to the cotton mouth dying thing i kind of thought i didn't see that coming i thought cotton mouth was going to be the season long antagonist yeah and it really flipped flipped the show when he was dead and like, I just thought it sort of turned into this poor version of the Thor Loki dynamic of the, oh. the the jilted half brother type thing, and instead of being about doing good for the neighborhood and being the street level hero, it's like now it's oh my brother hates me, let's fight like Rocky Five, you know, like it's but, but he, it's sort of. But but Luke didn't want that fight. He didn't know it was he got pulled into it. He was still trying to do the right thing and help the neighborhood, and got pulled into it. Um, that and they kept playing where it, you know, kind of set him up to still keep looking like the bad guy and the cops, the whole interaction with the cops, not knowing who's, who they yeah, can like trust. Yeah, like that stuff worked. They, yeah. They, yeah. That worked. And, um, you know. I just think that would have maybe been better if that had been Cottonmouth doing that. Uh, I mean, because, I, I. Like, like his character was so good. Right. And then it was like, oh, now we get like cheesy guy. Oh, uh, my God, I have so much disagreement. <laughs> Jack has been like freaking out over here for the past like ten minutes. So, I think I think he needs the floor. I mean, come on. That okay? I know that. Give me the floor. I know that that's what Diamondback looks like. Buckle in. All right. Like, let me just one thing in, and then you can. This will set you off. All right. Ready? <laughs> so, I know that that's what Diamondback looks like in the comics, but. Yeah. That suit at the end is oh, fucking fit. straight up '90s Joel Schumacher shit. Yeah. Oh, it's worse. It's, 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 it didn't fit with the with the visual tone of the rest of the it's, show. It's '90s Fox. Uh, it, it's it, it belonged in a movie like Generation X. 
Yeah. Uh, it was bad. Yeah. If Max Hedrum had walked through the door at that point, it would have been cooler. <laughs> oh, oh fuck all of <laughs> that. All right, Jack. It's all yours, Jack. Have I'm, at it. I'm going to lay some truth down on you, first of all. First of all, this is the best season they have done to date of any Marvel show. I will take the Pepsi fucking challenge on that because it was amazing. All the pieces work together. Um, the fact that they got Ali Shaheed Muhammad to come out of semi-retirement um, and do this as he was also secretly making A Tribe Called Quest's last album, fucking brilliant. Because that sound drove the action along for the entirety of the show. Speaking of music, um, every single musical guest they had was fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Also, special shout out to Sharon Jones, who unfortunately uh, died as we were recording this podcast. Um, Whoa. Yeah, she and her band, the Dap Kings, are fucking fantastic, and they are the musical guest on the season finale. Um, Yeah, guys like Charles Bradley and Raphael Sadiq. Raphael Sadiq in the first episode was amazing. I had just been talking about him. Yep. I, I liked uh, who, the, the Long Live the Chief. That one I had stuck in my head for like a week. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, the music yeah. was great. Like, don't get me wrong. There's lots yeah. in the show that I liked. I just, yeah. Um, that was the free song. So. The whole idea of the show, it was supposed to have, you know, multiple ideas there. Like, the central theme of Black Lives Matter in there and the police brutality absolutely true i fucking loved the montage where method man by the way oh, my fa- oh. <laughs> maybe my that. favorite cameo in every in everything that seat that scene in that little uh store where method man just marks out for luke cage i i was dying and then when he they tried did hoodies the, too that was like what i love i, I love the, the training hoodies he's like i already got you i already got you <laughs> The fact that you go to that montage as he's as he's dropping that freestyle and oh, you that see freestyle people, was killer. Yeah, you see people in the streets all wearing the hoodies with the bullet holes in them. Yeah. I, I got fucking chills, man. I, I thought it was incredible. Easily the best. That was scene good. Ever. Incredible, but you know, um, maybe it's because I'm a big old nerd and I remember the Power Man comics and things of that nature. Um, just about everything worked here for me. Everything worked together really well. Um, I would say, as far as the visual style, I would counter black exploitation with um, it owed a lot to early Spike Lee, the best Spike Lee. Like, and do you like do the right that, thing? Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm one of those people that do the right thing is probably one of my 15 favorite movies of all time. Um, yeah, and it's it's incredible, and you should see it. It should be it should be fucking required viewing at this well, point. I like um some Summer of Sam, the Spike Lee movie. Yeah, it's underrated. <laughs> but it it owes a lot to that visual style. I love the fact that they touched on those different things. I love the fact that they touched on the impermanence of gang leadership. Is what that was. You know, they they did a one two punch of being like, hey, you know, these dirty motherfuckers are always got a gun to each other's backs and they could be gone tomorrow that's exactly what that was meant to do is like hey welcome to inner city life where you know these bastards have an expiration date where they whether they know it or not that's what that was with cotton mouth and you combine that with the fact that Alfred Woodard is in a 
fucking amazing actress yeah. and the whole time is screaming I didn't want it as she beats him to death yeah, well, that, 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 that was incredible yeah. that, that was incredible and then the other thing is, is that it wasn't Luke that got it and that, yep. that was also a little bit of a mind fuck in there from regular comic storytelling that yep. he didn't get the guy he was after and yep. that she did was just it, it, and that Mariah who switched from just the the politician to the murderer was a, you know, that I really liked that twist. Yeah. And then add on top of that, I'm going to, I'm going to refute the complaints against Diamondback because that plays right into the impermanence of any gang system or, or setup in that, you know, they, they'll always talk about that guy but you won't see him and when you do see him it's because shit has gone horribly horribly wrong because they you know they set it up if you look back at the entire picture they set it up really well because there's like this is the only thing that could harm Luke Cage is these Judas bullets Diamondback has them Diamondback knows where to get them so that when you see him show up with a Judas bullet it's because shit has gone very south and nobody knows how to handle it so he goes Fuck it, I'll do it myself. And at that point, you know, that's when they start to fill it in with the flashbacks and things like that. Um, again, I think it's clear that I, I I got a lot more out of it, or maybe I just I, I you know, like, I was, I well, it a whole very lot good. I mean, it's very good points. In a different I, way. Oh no, I I agree with you, Jack, on on all of those points. Like all that stuff you were saying, oh, that is, they're all very good parts of the show, and it's not so much that. Um that they like killed off Cottonmouth and I think, ah, oh, like now we don't get him anymore because yeah, they do replace him. I just thought like this sort of the, once Diamondback is there, his character himself, like getting to it works, but just the whole, I just thought they sort of tried to cram a bit too much in. It's almost like uh, Tim was saying before, like with the, the Affleck Daredevil movie where it was like, we're going to have the greatest hits of Daredevil and that jammed it all in. I just felt they may have been trying to do that a little bit with this show as well. Like, no, we've got Cottonmouth and we've got Diamondback and and we have the, the, the like, Diamondback is sort of a, an amalgamation of, like, three characters from the comics almost. Um, well, but, Diamondback existed, you know, Diamondback as Diamondback existed in his original form in, like, the earliest run of the comics, in, like, the first six to 12 months of that book. Yeah, yeah, but he's not his brother in the comics, though, is he? I didn't think he... Yeah. I thought it was... I might have got it mixed up. I thought he wasn't... Um, it's a different character. I might be getting it mixed up. But anyway, I thought it just seemed a bit like he... It just becomes the sole focus of the show, then it's just... Uh, like Diamondback's just going to kill Luke Cage, and then... Greg's microphone hates him. I want to say something. Sure. I, I really like the show. I disagree that there was too much going on. I actually liked Luke Cage better than either Daredevil season. And I, I have a hard time deciding between Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. The music in Luke Cage may give it a little yeah. nod for me because I love the music. And what was going on there? Yeah. Um, the whole the the Cottonmouth and Diamondback having two villains thing. Yes, I I understand that it gets there's too many. There might be too yeah. many, 
There's there's but, even uh, what's his I butt think... shades is in there too. But shades, shades. Yeah. I was I was going to get to the fact that we hadn't discussed shades because I thought Theo Rossi did a great job. Um, I disagree with you about um, that. I th- I think the whole the whole view that uh, that the, the panel has of it's you know I I think instead of Luke Cage out to get this guy, I honestly think that the whole overarching focus of the show is that everybody's out to get Luke Cage. Yeah, and that's... because it's. Who's afraid? It's it's a game of like who's afraid of the big black man, and the answer is anybody that's remote, anybody that thinks he's a threat. And boy, is that like if, if that's fucking too real for some people, as we clearly saw on the that's internet. A, yeah, that's a good point. I haven't thought of it that way. Like, yeah, they're all out to get him. Absolutely, because they they're are. afraid of they're afraid of a bulletproof black man. Exactly. Really. Like, like this so is that is. Yeah, yeah this is a, a dude point. that totally just wanted to lay low. Mm. He he didn't he didn't want any trouble from anybody. He didn't want to get involved and they fucking forced his hand and they got him involved. God so, damn it, Jack. Now I'm going to have to watch this show again. <laughs> so this is not standard hero out to get the bad guy. This is everybody pushing on a guy and pushing him past that point. Well, yeah, like, he, he like was, this, is a, this is a theme from old black exploitation movies, though. Like, if you go back and watch a movie like uh, like Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, like, this is... Um, yes. You know, these, these are... And, 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 and that's that that is about the depth of my black exploitation knowledge but but you know you see you see a very similar theme where like he's not really looking for trouble but but trouble's always looking for him well yeah really he didn't want to really get involved too much until they killed pop and I'm that, so yeah. pissed they killed the, pop I, I love that character I was so pissed when they killed him too like yeah. I was like really really this soon and it was oh, off a bullet that ricocheted off of Luke. Yeah, which there's is... a lot of there's a lot of history though in the whole Marvel universe now of uh, fatherly mentor figures getting taken out as the kind of catalyst yes, I mean, almost. That's, that's how it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I would if I was Lawrence Fishburne, I would not be thinking that I'm going to be in Black Panther two. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I would, like, I, I, they are very good points, Jack. I, a couple of things there I didn't sort of see that way. But yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing technically wrong with the show. Like to me, like the acting is great. The, the music is fantastic. You know, the, the the characters are quite well done. I, I'm still not convinced totally on the Diamondback character. But again, that might be a second viewing um, that fixes that. But one character we didn't touch on was Misty Knight. Um, oh yeah, Misty Knight for and I she think was dope. Yeah. she was awesome. Um, I liked that they teased her losing her arm as well, uh, like the comics where she gets the robot arm from Tony Stark and then goes off to kick a whole lot of ass by herself. There's a, there's a lot of history of losing arms in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah, just comic books in general. Well, yeah, every they, movie they made it a point in what was it Phase Two. Yeah, Phase three, that everyone where, where, loses a hand or something in. in somebody something, loses yeah. a hand in every movie. Yeah, a hand or an arm in every movie. Hmm. It was it was an ongoing theme. Like at one point, it was Loki faking that he lost his arm, or that Thor lost his arm yeah. in the dark. World. Yeah, Thor. Thor doesn't. Well, he doesn't really. But Thor gets his hand cut off. Coulson gets his hand cut off. Uh, Bucky, obviously. Yeah. Bu- uh, Bucky. Um, there's someone it? else. In Iron Man, it was 
the oh, Iron Man, they cut the guy's arm off and it grows back. Yeah, and, you know, all that sort of stuff, all the extremist stuff, like yeah, yeah, Iron Man three, yeah. So, but um, yeah, I, I liked her character. I, I thought she was uh, really well done as far as like she's on the street level again and trying to do things by the book, but then is also trying to deal with the whole Luke Cage. Uh, situation as I, well. I, lo- I love that the yeah. first thing they do is hook up and that and that, that, yeah. that adds this layer of complexity to the whole thing when they both figure out who each other is and um, that, that that I thought was, was really handled well. The, the problem is, is that Luke Cage sex scenes are kind of ruined after the Jessica Jones one. Like, until you're Hello. like slamming each other literally <laughs> through walls. I, I, sorry, just not... And, not and, and on top of that, that being the first time we get to hear him say Sweet Christmas... Yeah. Was just the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that sex scene that was that was something else. All right. Well, with that, I think we might look to the future for a minute. Um, so next year we have Iron Fist, like we said, coming out in the first half of the year. The Punisher show is coming out at some point. I'm not sure when that is. Uh, and then, of course, we get the Defenders. At the end of next year, which is basically, I guess, the Netflix Avengers, um, it, will it be as straightforward, do you think, as the Avengers was in the sense of here's everyone coming together? Or do you think it may it may take seven or eight episodes to get them all together? It might be sort of a, a, mini, a mini story for each character that leads them in or... I think it'll take time, especially because they're all just such... Well, I mean, we're not sure about Iron Fist yet, but like they're all such established loners. You know, why would they want to work with somebody else? It's never it's never worked out. When they work with other people, they get them hurt, you know? And there's a lot more walls around these people than, than even the Avengers themselves. And the Avengers, that, those, are, those are popcorn best friends who are going to fight evil. These are... These are to to me because they've had more time to develop them. Are real people um, who have no reason to trust each other. People who are capable, God bless you, who are capable of actually hurting them. Yeah, I mean, it was almost like Daredevil. If you look at it from that scope, Daredevil had to lose Elektra right now. That had to happen going into Defenders because he is racked with that guilt that that is his fault in his mind that is unequivocally his fault that she is dead mm-hmm. just like it is foremost in luke cage's mind that he could not you know he could not save his brother he put him in the hospital and he also still as far as we know openly tr- distrusts jessica jones who blamed who even though reva was a total liar you know it doesn't change the fact that jessica jones still killed his wife and he couldn't save pop and he couldn't save pop and because that bullets bounced off of him and jessica Jessica, save hope which is the whole point of the whole season was that she couldn't save hope absolutely great was allison pill on jessica jones by the way she was very good yeah (laughs) um and so jessica's beating herself up because of that and because her employer's wife is dead and she could do nothing about it and the fact that she had to straight up murder that dude even though she didn't want to and then on top of that we're you know, we're going to have something with that giant drug trade playing in with Danny Rand and who is Iron Fist for those that um, are 
a little unsure about what I'm talking about. And uh, we're we're definitely going to get some darkness and some fallout there. And also keep in mind, his closest affiliation with any of these characters in the books historically is with Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. So this is all setting up Luke Cage up, not Claire, but Luke to be the real linchpin that everything rotates around. Well, they do show Claire taking the uh, self-defense class yes. uh, ticket at the end there. So I'm like, oh, she's going off to meet Iron Fist. So <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to meet the meet our, our new friend. <laughs> uh, wait, that was, yeah, that was um, not actually Alison Pill. Oh, that wasn't. I'm sorry. I thought that was Alison Pill. I was like, I did a double take because I'm a big Alison Pill fan. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, oh, I thought that was um, my my apologies. Was there anything, anything major that anyone wants to see from the Defenders? I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, it. I, I found year, out who but... it was. It, was mm-hmm. it, it is Aaron Moriarty. Oh. Who is she? She's an uncanny resemblance to Alison Bill. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I want to see Frank Castle put a motherfucking bullet in Wilson Fisk. <laughs> had to bounce off him. Oh, in his leg, maybe. Yeah. In the, in can't the, kill. The we meat. can't kill Kingpin. Come on. Are, do, they, do they have to bring back Kingpin for Defenders? Like they, they pretty much. Well, Sigourney Weaver is apparently the villain, so that is interesting in its own. I'm life. interested in that huh. deeply. Yeah, yeah they, they've got. They're bring, a lot of people are coming back for it. So. Uh... Yeah, Sigourney's a bad motherfucker. That's gonna be oh, great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She's so good. I like the way that she kind of faked out the internet as well, like on Twitter, like, oh, I'm watching all these Marvel movies. Yeah. And everyone's like, she's going to be in the next Marvel movie. <laughs> and then it was like, no, she's going to be in The Defenders. And everyone's like, oh, oh, wait, that's, that's not better. disappointing. That's, that's even awesome. better. That's what I mean. But for the split second, people God were disappointed. Yeah. The internet, oh. y'all are dumb. I'm kidding. Uh, Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. A lot uh, of people were like, oh, that's even better when they thought about it. So. It, cool. it absolutely i am one of those people for sure um any final yeah. thoughts guys before we wrap this thing up one thing that i thought Just was to... interesting is that the the uh, luke cage is actually netflix uh, according to a, co- a company that estimates it because netflix doesn't release the numbers but it's the most watched netflix series this year yeah because i think a lot of people who don't normally because it made such a it, it worked so well as um, a, an actual show independent of being a superhero show because it's not really a superhero show um, that I, I know a lot of people who do not watch the Marvel shows who watch Luke Cage my coworker, she was like yeah I watched this Luke Cage show and it was really good and I was like did you, did you watch any of the rest of it she's like no there was some confusing stuff because of that um, so she went back and watched the rest of the Marvel things though because of that um but yeah, she said that like Luke Cage was recommended to her by like other people, um, just that she that she knows like members of her family and stuff, and none of mm-hmm. them are superhero people. I mean, they they should be really fucking proud of the job they did on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I keep saying it, but that is the best Marvel TV they have made to date. Um, yeah, and that was that was a big deal. I forgot. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, just people who don't normally go in for superhero stuff loved it, and it was it was timely, and it addressed a lot of shit. I think I didn't like shit. it because I am the target audience for superhero stuff, so that's why maybe on first viewing it didn't work for me. Because I was like, 
explosions, bad guys, magic. I, 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 I did not get that. <laughs> I, I, I fucking like marathoned it over the course of two days, I and too. I could not get enough. I'll watch it again. Damn it. Yeah, I'd go back and watch Iron Fist. If I, er, Iron Fist. Luke Cage. Which I was reading. Iron Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage, Cage before any of the other ones. Daredevil. Daredevil Jessica Cage Fist Jones. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I, my mind's already on a beach in Florida, so that's that's where I'm. All right. Well, let's let's well, let Jared get to his beach. While you're there. Um. <laughs> well, I will. Trust me. The the night of, I text my mom. Not sure I really want to be in Florida right now. <laughs> We're just going to call it the night yeah. of going forward. Yeah. <laughs> we, we still we still aren't finished telling everybody in Arizona to go fuck themselves. So yeah, no, I, 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 I do not Facebook game. years wait, wait, wait. never telling Arizona to go fuck itself. <laughs> and we, we got rid of Sheriff Joe. So, uh, yeah, let's so hope he doesn't get a cabinet position. <laughs> oh, he totally will. He <laughs> well, it, what, what, when he gets out of jail, he'll go straight to the cabinet. I'm not kidding. All right, let's let Jared get to his beach. Um, <laughs> please, please follow us. On, please follow us all on Twitter. Uh, I can't tell if that was an Australian accent or if he was really trying to say beach. Can it be both? Please follow us all on Twitter. I am at Greg T thirteen G R E I G T thirteen. Jared is, of course, at SuperJuice75. Tim is at Tim Agni. Uh, you can find Kristen at Wanda102. And Jack is at CJackTalkback. Uh, but, of course, all roads lead to at the Steel Cage. Please buy one of our amazing T-shirts at thesteelcageshop.com. We, one day we might get an Unfunny Nerd Tangent shirt out there. Who knows? Uh, I but I believe... Exactly like that cunt cup. Just so you know. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe there are some coffee mugs out there. So, yeah, <laughs> let's let's make that happen. Uh, also, send us an email to podcast at thesteelcage.com. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, kids, the devil made me do it. <laughs>